Also this week, Hemp Bombs. Uh, Hemp Bombs offers a product line of high-grade CBD products uh, that are formulated for the user to experience a full sweep of health benefits while providing feelings of complete relaxation. At each step of the manufacturing process, they emphasize quality control. Hemp Bombs sources their CBD from premium-grade organic certified industrial hemp that is free of heavy metals, pesticides, and many other contaminants. In production, they worked with some of the country's leading nutritionists to blend high-purity CBD and other natural botanical extracts. Their goal was to create an attractive, effective, and helpful product that encourages optimal mind and body function while making you feel great. Aside from the strict sourcing requirements, they have their own set of quality control standards, including third-party lab testing. And consistently, lab tests show impressive results with Hemp Bomb's products, finding high-purity CBD and zero traces of THC whatsoever. Any consumer who uses Hemp Bomb's products will benefit from the most authentic, cleanest products on the market. Uh, BJ and myself have had the opportunity to test a lot of these products. Uh, I've, I've used the uh, Beard Bomb, still using it, still great, love it. Uh, I know BJ has uh, tried the uh, gummies and the oil. We've both had the oils and I uh, really saw a lot of benefits from both. Uh, so be sure to check them and all of their products out at HempBombs.com uh, and use promo code SMUG15 at checkout to get yourself 15% off your order. Uh, but that's Hemp Bombs. Feel great. Relax now. Uh, also, uh, Ranger Nutrition. Uh, Ranger Nutrition is a disabled veteran-owned company, uh, and they make all-natural sports nutrition products. Uh, Ranger Nutrition was founded by a retired Army Ranger who was tired of bad sports nutrition products. Uh, as you know, most products don't taste great. Uh, they might leave you feeling a little jittery, uh, maybe a little nauseous. Uh, so he, along with a couple of chemists from Berkeley University, set out to create supplements that not only taste good, but are healthy for you. And they don't give you all those crazy side effects. Uh, they've developed everything from protein powder uh, that you don't need a shaker bottle to mix to mix up. Uh, you can literally put a scoop in a half bottle of water, shake it for about 20 seconds, and you're good to go. Uh, but they've also got some weight loss supplements like Catalyst XT uh, that works for about 95% of the people who take it. Uh, and along with the protein, they now have a vegan, gluten-free protein. Uh, for those of you who can't have dairy or meat, apparently. Uh, but also, since all the products are all natural, uh, this gives you the option to combine products to get even better results. The most popular combo is the Swole Combo. Uh, this combo combines the Catalyst XT, the Nitro NO2, and the pre-workout drink Max Out. Uh, it will give you a pump you will regret tomorrow. I can guarantee it. Uh, but you can head to rangernutrition.com to find out more about all of these products. And once you decide to buy, go ahead and use promo code SMUGCAST at checkout uh, to get yourself 15% off your order. That's Ranger Nutrition, designed for fitness warriors. Uh, also, Repo Records. Uh, they helped us out with the audio. They helped us out with the studio. Uh, they've really hooked us up. They, uh, we love those guys. They, uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. So big shout out to them. But that's Repo Records taking the music back. Uh, got a great show for you this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And with that, this is Smugcast. I'm trying to run to the chopper and you. Yes! 
my GPS is always stuck in the goddamn jungle. Come on. Alright, welcome to this week's episode of Smugcast. Uh, I am AP. With me as always, the BJ. Well, I used to say that we were the hottest podcast in India until this guy walked in there. <laughs> <laughs> Humbled. And you found out how many downloads he gets a month. Humbled. <laughs> That's right. With us tonight, Mr. Chris Spangle. Hi, fellas. How are you? I am fantastic. I, it is a lot better now that you're here, and this is the uh, this is the point in time within the show when everybody grabs their phone and shares the video to Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> happens every live show. <clears throat> yeah, uh, before we begin, uh, allow me to take over here. Uh, so. I know that you guys are good friends with Juice. Absolutely. I've been yep. on air approximately 30 seconds, and I can already tell you that you guys sound way better than Juice does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is much more impressive. Your studio is much larger than his. <laughs> that is awesome. Not, not quite as good looking, but yeah. this is, the poor man Shane over here is not... <laughs> <laughs> But it's a pleasure to be here. No, it's it's, it's awesome to be here. It's uh, we we try to be very diverse on our um, on our podcast. Ooh. So I've been watching you guys on social media, hoping that you would invite me on just so I could come over here and stare at your equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a very impressive it's, look. It looks it's a real studio. It's amazing. I don't you don't see many. I don't even have a real studio. It's just my uh, kitchen table. It's it, yeah. we, we from the minute that we started. Um, I had a spare bedroom and I was like, you know, we could have did it. We should have did it at his, the house that he lived in at the time. Right. Because he had about a thousand more square feet than I did. Uh-huh. But I, long story, but we ended up doing it at my house. Right. And from the get go, you know, it started off little by little. And I was like, man, this just doesn't look good enough. Right. We got to get something else. Then it was a table. I built a freaking big ass table that's now in Juice's house. And, you know, and every time we've, this is what, the fourth time we've moved? Yeah, and, and I think that's why me and him work so well is because um, I have a Jeep, he has a Jeep, and, like, I've had my Jeep since 09. Just a couple of Jeep buddies. You know what I've done to Jeeping. my, you know what I've done since 09? What? I've had the tires rotated, I've put oil changes, and that's it. Yeah. How long have you had your Jeep? Uh, since July 4th. How much have you done? Oh, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars worth of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's Mister. Like we got to do this, do this, do this, and I'm like, cool. Now, are you talking? You've had to like replace the water pump, or no. are you saying no. I have ground effects? And I, I, I saw a guy in a Jeep drive by with 18 uh, foot tires. He looked like he was driving a monster truck. Was that you? No, I, I, and I, and I've said this before. Like I, I'm very creative. And anytime I look at something, like my eye immediately goes to what doesn't look right. On it. <laughs> okay, all right. And so, now are you married? When I yes. Oh boy. And I'm working on her bolt-ons. Um, <laughs> but nice. I when I first saw the Jeep, I loved how they looked. Right. But there were some issues. How how the rake on the Jeep sets? I don't like it. It looks stupid. So you got to raise that bitch up a little bit. You got to right. le- got to level it out. It just looks better. 
Um, and then, of course, I mean, of course, I don't have I don't have them on because I didn't get them because my wife finally said, you cannot spend any more fucking money on this Jeep. You've only had it two months. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was just just small things. Fucking had everything had everything painted white. Um, and I did help with that. You did. You did. Because I would never I, do stuff. I don't do stuff like that. So uh, you and I are kindred spirits then, because I'm the same way. I listen to the podcast or watch the video, or I'm like, I mean, every single week there's like, you know what I need? I need X, Y, or Z. I need this little processor. I need that video camera. I need, the, you know, it, and it does. It, w- podcasting is a very expensive hobby. Fortunately for me, it's turned into like kind of like a a side income at this point. But I mean, I'm probably spent twenty, thirty grand over the course of a decade getting to where i'm at i mean it's oh yeah you know and i can i can see that in what you guys have here because it sounds good it looks good it's it's high quality stuff you have great guests so kudos to you appreciate that the the um so i almost forgot we need to bring up what happened saturday i want it from your point of view with my son so like i I have two sons 15 and 13 okay something happened with my 13 year old at someone else's house And you ever seen the movie The Town with Ben Affleck? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, well, there's a part in the movie where Ben Affleck goes to Jeremy Renner and says, hey, I need your help with something. You can never ask what it is or what we're doing. <laughs> he got that call. <laughs> okay. So I was like, hey, well, can you come pick me up? He's like, and it's one of those things like, dude, it's real shitty outside. It's Saturday. You know, it was ice. Oh, yeah. Stuff. It was like, yeah, we had bad weather. And I was like, hey, man, it's important. He's like, all right, I'll get my shoes on and be right over. Didn't ask. Came over and I told him what happened. Someone... My son had spent the night at someone else's house. And the dad didn't like him, so he's 13. Instead of calling the parents or someone letting us know, he just made him leave the house. It was snowing and ice like outside. Like he put his stuff on the other side of the door and said, you're going with it? He didn't even give him his stuff. He just walked outside, and he had on, like, a windbreaker and, like, Vans shoes. He even have on, like, tennis shoes. Now, I hope you called him to beat the shit out of that other guy. Well, I called him, so I didn't. Okay, that's a good plan. So I go knock on the door because sometimes I forget I'm a big guy, right? Like I don't see my, I'm not a tough guy. I admit it. I'm, a, I'm kind of a pacifist. I really am. Right. I'm more of the guy that's going to mock you until you walk away, right? And so I was like, and and so he we drove over there, and knocked on the door, and I was like, hey, I'm Colin's father. Can you please? I need I need to pick up his backpack and coat. And he's like, ah, and I was like, hey, what happened? Why did you? I said, why? Why, why did you make me? He's like, well, I don't like him. Right then and there, that pissed me off. Oh, yeah. yeah. He didn't give me a reason. I was like, what do you mean you didn't like him? It's like, well, I don't like him. He's a punk. I'm like, okay, you know he's 13. I was like, in your house, you're responsible for him. That's actually called, you can actually get in trouble for this because it's um, something of a minor or whatever the law's called. Yeah, I can't remember. Endangering a minor. Like, right. so put him yeah. out in the street at 13 and you did not well, call his parents. What what kind of man, this is not a man. This is this is a child this is what, in, that's a, what in I a man's said. body. This so, is a, a person who doesn't take responsibility for the for the powerless in his, and like, what kind of piece of garbage is this man? So, and then BJ gets into his smug side. I'm like, you realize he's 13. I go, you that fucking stupid? Oh, he's, okay. So, <laughs> you can stop telling the story now. So, I'm sitting in the driveway. And when we pull up, you know, I, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a crappy house. It's got a bad vibe. Right. right? And uh, we pull up and I put it in park and I go, you want me to go up there? He goes, no, no, no. I got it. It's like okay. I was like, well, I'm, I'm sitting here watching. So all this happens. The guy comes to the door. He leaves. He comes back. It's the wrong bag. BJ starts. I can tell as soon as he turned away from the door. I was like, 
BJ just got pissed. <laughs> I have never seen him pissed off. How, how can you tell? He just, his whole fucking demeanor changed. Right. I mean, just like, like his body stiffened up and like he just fucking turned real assertive and I was just like, oh shit. And so BJ makes it to the end of the porch, turns around, and all I see is this fucking finger pointing and fucking screaming. And all. And I had the window cracked just a little bit. And all I could hear was, fuck, motherfucker, mother. And I was like, oh, shit, dude, I'm going to have to get out of this motherfucker. <laughs> and so about the time I started to get out, he turns, comes walking towards the door. And he is fucking fuming. I've never seen his face red. Yeah. I've never I'm seen calm, him I'm a calm upset. person. Yeah. And he gets in, and he's fucking grinding his teeth, and his fucking face is red. And I was like, "Do we need to shoot this motherfucker or what?" See, now he seems he seems hillbilly crazy. <laughs> See, I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a hillbilly, but this is why I thought about. It. I was like, and I always make this joke, and I was like, I got sixty seconds of good air, you know, because I'm not exactly in the best shape. And I'm and I, and I look down, I'm like, I'm standing on ice on a wooden wooden porch. I'm like, hmm. I was like, that one's not going to work well, and I fuck, and I just kept, I just kept telling him, and you can the other kids in the background. There's still kids that spent the night that n- knew my son that were not this guy's kids, and I, and I, and I said, and the one thing I said before he went inside was, I said, if I fucking ever see you again outside of here, this will be a different story. And I said, I'm sorry that, and and I said something about his kid. I said. I said, I, we all know you're a fucking drunk. Your kid probably wishes you don't even wake up in the fucking morning. Oh, oh that's a knife twist right there. See, now <laughs> he I'm, didn't say one word back to me because one word back to me at all. And I was thinking, and he shut the door, and that's the only time I was like, hmm, he might get a gun. I'm gonna walk back to the Jeep. <laughs> yeah. So I'm much more like you, where I I've only lost my temper as an adult one time at a coworker, and it was on the phone. And my co-hosts, my windows were all open, and my co-hosts on the podcast were outside they waited until i hung up and they came in sheepish because like you and i are the type of guys that we're we're like calm and cool and collected but like if you get us mad enough to actually make us lose our minds like not there's going to be a verbal assault there's going to be maybe a physical assault i don't know i've got crazy in me somewhere deep down and, uh-huh. and, and it, it's I, funny. I, so i totally get what you're saying like and my former co-host was just like uh, like, do you need me to stick around after the show? Are you okay? Because <laughs> you, you're, you're probably not used to it because he's oh, so mild-mannered. No, absolutely not. Because I, I, it's, it's I, never, yeah. I mean, literally never. Like, I've, I lost my shit twice today. <laughs> I mean, it's, it just happens. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Not, it just happens. And then I, and, um, and then the, they went to like school on Tuesday after MLK Day. And oh they, yeah, and they were just like, like I'm not gonna fuck with your dad. <laughs> He's like, they were like, Bob's a bitch. <laughs> and then uh, and Bob, then his name is Bob. His eyes were red, and I was just, and and then I I wanted to fucking hurt him, but I was just like, what's that gonna prove? Exactly. And nothing. then he went. I guess he went and sat in his car for like two hours because he was just like, I can't deal with this. I'm gonna go sit in the car because he was he didn't stay one. If you come to my house to talk shit like that, and I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to fucking say something back to you. I'm like, fuck you and your kid or something. <laughs> yeah, but what matters is your son saw you stick up for him, and that's the only thing that matters. Oh, I know. And then yeah. I, and you did it in a non-violent way. Well, it's my young son, though. He's probably going to put me in that situation again. Colin, Colin's a lot like him. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he yeah. just, he's like, fuck it. Life is fun. Let's <laughs> have some fun. The second uh, is always that way. I was the second child, and I, I he's doing the same things that I'm doing, right? Yeah. And then my my wife found a lighter underneath the mattress and some cigars, and she's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, 
Like what? Well, you know, you're missing. You're missing something. There should be some weed around there too. That's <laughs> that's why I was the way we for. roll. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna steal it. Yeah, you? I was gonna steal. I I will get rid of this. <laughs> but but I know, I'm a, I know somebody that will get rid of this for me for fifty dollars. <laughs> somebody we were talking about before the show started was, but that's what's missing is because, like, I sit down and he's been here with me. Like the talks I have with my kids are like real life talks, like right. about pregnancy, about STDs. About like, hey, you realize uh, like if you get a girl pregnant, I can't pay for that kid. Right. Like, like I'm just letting you know that sports are done, college is done, that you're going to go work and flip burgers to start now until you can pay for this kid. And I was just like, and I was like, we're going to have to have probably health insurance on this kid. And I was like, and so instead of being like, dad, what about sex? Oh, whew, we can't do this. We can't do this. I got to go on Facebook right now and tell everybody else what's wrong with the world. Right. I, know, I know I had you and I'm supposed to talk to you, but can't you see someone posting a meme about something? I got to fucking, I got to attack this person. I have, a, I have a friend that's a social worker and uh, they deal with elementary school kids. And they said, you know, one of the biggest problems that I face now when I'm counseling kids is neglect and not neglect in the way that the parents are on drugs. It's nope. that the parents are on their phone. Yep. And so I've asked a few teachers, and, and if you're listening, ask your teacher friends, and they all without uh, they all say, this is the biggest unseen epidemic that nobody is talking about. It is the neglect of the next generation by parents who are on their phone playing Candy Crush, or they're, they're addicted to it. And so we're going to have a whole generation of kids who, like we have systems for kids who are the children of alcoholics or narcotics, but not for phone addictions. No. We're, we're not there yet. So I think we're, we're all in a very lonely state and we're creating lonely children. And we're, you know, we're not engaging the world. We're not engaging ourselves. We're not engaging each other. And it's, and it's becoming a serious, serious problem. It's, it's, it's so crazy that you brought that up because like literally just this week. And I didn't, I didn't really feel like it was a problem until, I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago. Right. And it was, we got the kids ipads right and when we got them they were in our minds they were strictly for education only mm -hmm. you know it was to help them learn to read help them to learn letters color you know all that shit right math and um you know well it was christmas time so well let's let's upload kids youtube right and so we did that well then the education never came and you know all that shit never came like some of it got put on there but we didn't force them to do it. And then not only that, it's like, okay, well then, then now they come home and it's like, can we get on our iPads? Like, you know, and, and there's times where we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you can have five minutes, five, 10 minutes, whatever. But my wife literally just like the other day, she was like, we are on these fucking things way too much. Yeah. She goes, we have got to come up with a time where from seven to nine o'clock at night, like nobody's on these phones yeah. because we are not like literally we were sitting around. We were all in the fucking kitchen and well, our kitchen living room, it's all one big area. And my wife is on her uh, work computer doing work. And my youngest is sitting at the dinner table eating with her fucking iPad in front of her. Right. And then me and my oldest are in the living room. I'm on my phone. I'm writing emails. I'm doing whatever. She's got her iPad, and literally for like 10 minutes, we sat there and didn't say a fucking word. And then, like, I don't know, just out of the blue, it hit me, and I was just like, we are not talking to each other. 
These fucking things are a problem. I'm the biggest hypocrite because I'm in my phone all the time and you know, I live alone. I don't have kids. I'm not married. So I'm I'm you know, I'm on Smugcast, so allow me to be smug. But when I walk into a restaurant and I see kids at a dinner table with an iPad watching television because the parents just don't want to have to deal with a, a, a kid and they want a zombie to sit there, I want to walk over and take that iPad and smash it on the ground and yell like what are you doing to the next gen-? like yeah and i know that that's not my my place and i'm you know i don't know what it's like to deal with a screaming toddler all the time benadryl but <laughs> i you know like i was that kid who was add and out of control and asking too many questions and talking too much and so my parents gave me a book you know i i very clearly remember sitting there reading and i just i i really admire my sister for like not like they have ipads and stuff but they have very limited like if they're on a road trip or it where it's just kind of easier like it yeah it really scares me because for this reason you know we're all i'm 35 you're 38 i don't know how old 36 36 like we remember what it was like before the internet like we yeah. remember being kids, we remember what it was like to research with the Dewey Decimal System. Like we remember reading. I didn't get a smartphone till 2010. I have the worst time reading now. I know what it's like to be a good reader, and I know what it's like to read now, and I know the the difference is the cell phone. And I really worry about, you know, using these devices too much. How does that change a kid's brain? We don't know. I think it's telling that people who work in Silicon Valley who are at the tops of these companies send their kids to private schools where they use abacuses instead of like like they don't allow their kids to have phones steve jobs's kids did not have iphones like what more evidence do you need that you probably should should regulate some of this stuff well no that was a bit i bit i'm working on for stand-up or whatever because i remember you know like now I, i told my son the other day i'm like hey dude like you you keep beating off you're gonna go blind and he was like that's an urban myth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I went, fuck. And because I remember being in eight, I remember being like eight years old at the boys club and this older kid, my mom called him hood kids. And he, he licked two of his fingers and touched my arm and said, Hey, you have AIDS. So for three fucking hours, I had AIDS. Cause I know what I didn't know. Yeah. Right. Like I'm in a place that had no TV, no, no, no. I couldn't look it up. So for three hours, I thought I was dying. <laughs> so I did the best thing I could do. I licked my finger and touched my best buddy. I'm like, Hey, you have AIDS now. <laughs> At least you're not alone. But that's the way we, that was the mentality was we, we, our parents could tell us anything. My mom could tell me be like, Oh yeah, no, you gotta go to bed tonight. Time change. It's actually two hours early. Like, All right, mom. Like we had no way to verify anything. Yeah. It was kind of fun that way. And I actually became a better reader outside as I got older. Um, on my phone, I use the Flipboard app, and right. I read a lot of articles on there about technology and stuff like that. And it just happened to me in our RB when we were downstairs, whatever. We were talking about smartwatches out loud. Pulled up YouTube. We watched two videos with no ads. Third ads, a smartwatch pops right up on there. And it's just funny because we know everything's listening to it. And the other thing was, go back to the, the smartphones, though. We're the video game generation. We started it, right? Right. Basically. And I just remember spending hours and hours. And then now, obviously, video generation is, is, is in a different world now. My son plays Fortnite and some of these other games, and they're, all their buddies are on there. And I and my, and my wife's like, I don't know if you should be on there that much. And the only thing I could tell her is, like, he's playing with his six best friends. They're laughing, joking, doing, like, communicate. They're not just on here just doing this and waiting for it to ding or ding. Yeah, right. And because the Snapchats with kids are bad. I'm not talking about in an inappropriate way, but, like, 
streaks but also in an inappropriate way well <laughs> i i just talked to a group of high schoolers and i said so like what do you guys do for fun on the weekends and one of them said i stay at home and play on my phone kind of as a joke and then the whole room went yeah it's kind of what we do and it, they weren't kidding you know and i yeah. just go I, i'm so out of that world that i just go that's i don't know i i don't want to sound like an old man and i'm sure that's how it comes across but i really think about my own ability to do deep work like we we are we know much more information we have much more information all that's really good but i do think we have suffered in deep work which is time away from it where you're focused on what you're doing where you're just in the flow you're just you know i don't know what you guys do for a living but i do creative work and so i'm sitting in front of a computer all day and there are times where i literally just put my phone in the drawer and three hours later, I look up and I'm like, I got to pee. What have I, and I've just done so much because, yeah. you know, I've just gotten into that deep flow. And I, I had to learn to do that last year. That was last year's New Year's resolution. Like, I'm going to stop playing on my phone. I'm going to start reading more. And I, my intellectual life hasn't ever been better than it is now because I purposely put it down. The last month has been garbage because I've been looking at too many memes. <laughs> like I've literally just been laying in bed playing yeah. on my phone, yeah. And I every night I wake up, I look up at like ten thirty, and I go, I've been a zombie for three hours. I didn't read a thing. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't do anything that improved my life. I didn't do anything that improved myself. Like I just looked at memes for three hours. Yeah. And what a waste that! What a waste of an evening this was. Oh yeah. And, and I, I get. I mean, like I. So, like, you know, we're going back to how you're a bad reader now. Right. You know, you had to, like, learn to read. Okay. When I was a kid, horrible fucking reader. Mm -hmm. I, up until last year, I had read two books all the way through my entire life. Mm. One of them, the first one, second grade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) And the second one? The second one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles (laughs) 2. The second one was the uh, Slash uh, autobiography. Because it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Absolutely. What else wouldn't have my attention? Right. And but other than that, I I, I didn't. And you know, and my parents told me, you know, after I you know I graduated high school and whatever, they said, you know, if you'd have been born ten years later, you would have probably been on medication. Right. And you know, and, you know, it was always kind of a long running joke. Well, you know, so I went to college, didn't finish. You know, I, I fucking I didn't want to. I couldn't sit still in class. I didn't want to be there. You right. know what I mean? It's like I didn't know. I, I just couldn't sit still you know what i mean and so fast forward meet my wife marry her 10 years into the marriage i decide i i want to do a different job and so i decided to go into real estate and you know obviously you have to take a class well i didn't have time to take it at night so let's do it online that'd be easy right not for somebody who's got adhd right and i made it uh, about a month in and i finally i was like i can't i can't do this and she had told me for the last couple of years, you know, you've got, you've got 80, you need, you need medicine. And I was like, no, 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 you know, it's just me. It's just me. Well, so she gets me on a, uh, on Adderall and I know everybody listening is going, oh my God, he's talking about fucking Adderall again. But going back to the reading part of it, it was like when I was reading the shit on the screen, it was so much fucking harder than I remembered it. Yeah. But we're, you know, I'm 10 years in on a, on a smartphone, 
you know, and playing games all the time and Facebooking this and Instagram and tweeting and all that shit. And it was like, it was literally like I was in the fucking fifth grade trying to read, you know, a a senior's homework. You know, it's like there was like simple words and I'm like, I couldn't even concentrate on it. It was so fucking weird. But it's, I get, I get, I get what you're saying about the whole having to learn to reread because it literally was like having to learn to reread. It's, it's, I mean, when I go back to reading, it will be that same thing over again. And it's the same as exercise. You know, I'm, I'm a, a man of larger carriage and. Uh, I got real into exercise. I really, I built like, I grew eight pounds of muscle just through hard work. And then I haven't done shit the last six months. And like all that muscle atrophied away. And it's the same thing with your brain. If you're not, and I think we have a lot of pieces of our society that have atrophied. Not just the deep work part, not just the, the attention span part, but also the community part. Because we're more interested in walking into our house and living inside of our own little bubble and getting online and connecting with like-minded groups. I think Facebook groups have a lot of positives. Like I've grown my podcast through that. I've created a lot of new friends and they've made a lot of new friends by being in that group. But the, the cost to that is that those people aren't out making friends in their local community. And so when it comes time to do political action, they don't know anybody in their community. They just know a guy in Wisconsin and a guy in Oregon and a guy, you know, and so we've atrophied those abil- those muscles where you can sit down at a dinner party and have a conversation it, it, to the point that because we don't have those muscles anymore like we did as kids, we're afraid, we're shy, we're socially awkward. You know, I need to be on medicine because I have anxiety about going out and talking to people. It's like, that that's how the world is made. The world is made through conversations with people. The world is made by going out and networking with people in your local geographical area. You know, we have something called Liberty and Chill where every Friday night here in Indianapolis at 6 p.m. at Triton Brew Company, a group of libertarians get together and hang out. You know, and the the point is to make friends. Um, you know, because if you're 35 years old and you move to a new town and you're not religious, so you you're not going to go to a church and you're not necessarily political, so you're not going to join the downtown GOP club. How do you make friends? Tinder. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and you know what? Tinder is. I think uh, I have never. I, I'm most anxious in my life when I'm on Bumble. Like I don't. You guys probably been married for a while, but. When you use the swipe apps, yeah, it's 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 150 rejections a day. It's minute, it's second by second rejection, and that just is bad for the human brain. Because yeah. for for men, there's studies that show that women in dating scenarios, not surprisingly, are it's safety that's most important to them. They fear being hurt. For men, it's rejection. Because it's a it's a primordial thing that if you were cast out of the tribe, if none of the women would mate with you anymore, because you had a group of 30, 40 humans, and everybody was always mating with each other, so you, you, like, you didn't really know who the dad was, so all the men in the tribe were to take care of all the children, right? But if you were just, if you did something so over the line, you know, that's where shame and guilt comes in, they would cast you out of the group you'd be rejected from the tribe and sent off into the wilderness to die on your own. We're, we're not meant to live life alone. And so, you know, when your male brain is being rejected 150 times, like, that's not good. And you wonder why guys on there are just absolute 
apes. They're they're animals. Like men on Tinder are absolutely disgusting. Like every one of us that has a female friend has looked at that and gone, "What what is this? This is not the guy that like this is the guy I'm in the grocery store next to." Like, he's maybe my kid's teacher. Like, what? And I think that, you know, some of these apps are just really destructive. And I think it, we go, oh, this is so great. I can meet people really quickly. But I think we're starting to get to a point where we're starting to evaluate the last 15 years with uh, social networks and online apps and mobile apps. And we get this fake sense of community out of it. But it's really kind of just like eating Lay's potato chips and Oreos every day. That's not a real diet. (laughs) Like that's, you're eating, you're putting things in your body, but there's no nutrition in it. And I think the idea of online community is starting to erode and people are starting to wake up and go, you know what? I need a bro that will, that I can call to keep me from beating the hell out of this guy who mistreats my son. (laughs) I need a man in my life. I need that tribe of men, men around me. You know, girls need that that tribe of females around them. And, uh, you know, technology can play a part in that. You know, we all have group chats. We're, our, we're in there with our best friends, and that stuff's uh. really good. <laughs> but Group chats. But, like, it's not, it's not as much fun as when you hang out and you go to a karaoke bar. And, it, and that's where, and what we're talking about off the air, too, was, I mean, we've created a community of, like, Juice has become actually one of our good friends. Uh, Kyle Buck, um, he invited me uh, going to Kettle House tomorrow night. Got two VIP tickets from Kyle. Oh, yeah. Going to go up there. Met him through social media. But we became, we did this. I know yeah. I know we're doing it for a podcast, but like as soon as you came in and sit down, we just started chatting. No weirdness, no nothing, because this, is, this has made it. It's a shared interest. Yeah, that and the other thing is this is how we are. Like, right. I, like I went to go get my oil changed. And there's four different guys because my car took the longest because the headlights, um, <laughs> the dude put in the wrong ones on the wrong side. But anyways, four dudes came in um, in between that time to get their car oil changed. I sat there and chatted up every one of them. Right. I was like, and he was just like, ah, oh, that's your black car. I was like, yeah. I was like, Keith there. Shout out to Keith. He uh, <laughs> struggled with the lights. He tried to replace the ones that were working. And, <laughs> yeah. But he would, we just sat there and chatted it up, chopped it up, whatever you want to say. And yeah. it was not weird at all. You know, but most people like I, I was even on my phone. Um, I just checked stuff for work or whatever. You know, checked it, put it down or whatever. But I just sit there and just ask, like, "Oh, where you work at? What do you do?" I was like, "Oh, what? How does that?" And he told me how he changed the how he ran his battery cable to the back of his car for his battery because on the Voyager, the da da da. And I was like, "Shit, I never knew that." And then he taught me something about I can do in my car to look at it. And I was like, and and after they left, I sat there and thought, and I was like, "Fuck, that's pretty cool day off." Yeah, yeah. I just met random strangers. And, and instead of being like, I can't talk to you, like, you know, I'm, like you said earlier, I'm in fear of other people. Me, I, I was by myself and didn't yeah. want to be on my phone, so I just started talking to everybody in there. Even Keith, the the, the guy, he was just hilarious because he was so worried because he changed the wrong headlights. Because I have a 06 Lexus, right? Mm-hmm. And the headlights are underneath. Didn't, didn't you help me change them? Uh, you were there no. when Q was there. Oh, yeah, maybe. So we had to take off the air filter, the air filter oh, housing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to take out the uh, radiator. Or, I'm sorry, the, the coolant um, uh, plastic piece. That's how you have to change the lights in them. He's like, man, we could change these. He's like, it's 60 bucks. And I was like, man, 60 bucks? I could do that. I was like, mm, it's three degrees. Now, go ahead, Keith. <laughs> but but I get what you're saying is because people can't. People can't have a conversation. And then as soon as you say the wrong thing, they're like, oh, my God. 
you're one of them. I, I think people can. I think we just have to start giving each other permission to talk to one another. Yeah. I think I think every one of us feels a tinge of loneliness in our life, and I feel like we think we can't bother somebody else. It's like me sitting here watching you guys going, you know, I'd like to go on that show. I'd like to meet those guys. I, I'm interested in what they're doing. But I don't want to bother them. They, you know, it seems self-promotion-y or they're going to, you know, maybe they'll say no or, you know, and you guys are sitting there going, you know, it'd really be cool to invite him on, but we don't want to bother him. And that's what I said. Yeah. Because I was just like, I was like, I was like, uh, because we obviously through Miranda, who's been on the show, talked highly of you. Juice talked highly of you. He was like, ah, man. I was like, he's busy. He does this. I know what he does on his other side, his other job. I was like, man, I just don't want to bother him. Plus, it's Friday night, you know. I was like, ah, and it, I don't know when it was like, ah, fuck it. Hey, man, you want to come on? <laughs> and that's literally what I said out loud. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just ask him. Yeah. Uh, I think give people the opportunity to say no. People don't invite me things to things all the time because eh, he seems busy or he might say no. Like, I may say no 50% of the time. But I'm. I want to say yes. Fifty. The other fifty. I. I think, and I just. I try to think that I'm not necessarily a special person. That the way that I think is probably the way that most other people think. And I just think that if you're in the grocery store and somebody does something funny, like, laugh. <laughs> you don't have to sit there and go. They. I don't want to react because that might make them feel weird. Like, I just think we're all in our own heads way too much. And instead of like connecting with each other and that's one thing that i really want to change through my show is encourage the people that listen to my show traditionally libertarians are very socially awkward uh, tough like if you don't want to be socially awkward anymore you got to work through it it's like i don't want to be fat anymore but i'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow you know i'm not gonna eat a bag of chips tomorrow like i'm gonna make an effort to try and change this and we we somehow think one way about uh, physical health and a different way about emotional or mental health. Like somehow, if you're struggling with something, it's odd to mention that. Like you'll post that you're going to the gym every day of the week, but you're embarrassed to say, you know, ADHD meds really help me. Or, you know, I've been on SSRI since I was 17. I'm alive and didn't kill myself because I have taken things like Lexapro. Like I, I'm telling you that I'm, I'm alive because of these medications. You know, I'm a happier person because I've gone to therapy. And so I think we just don't want to bug people with our own lives. We don't want to seem, um, what's the word? Uh, we don't want to seem too full of ourselves. Yeah. But too then, smug. Yeah, but it's too smug. But then the byproduct is this weird vanity where we post cryptic shit on Instagram to get people to think one way about us. It's, I don't know. We're just like in a weird stage where we're we're like in a societal puberty with with social media and, and my, digital. My favorite one is on like you see on social media. Here we go again, and you're just like, here we go again. What, what what's going on? <laughs> right. And then you got to reach out like, hey, what's going on, man? Right. Yeah. And they're like, ah, nothing. I'm like, why? Well, are you okay? Like, obviously you were reaching out. What's going on? And they're like, nothing, man. I'm like, why the fuck did you put that on there? Yeah. Like I'm generally worried about you. We've been friends for 25 years. Are you okay? Yeah. No, not really. Just going through a lot. All right. What is it? What's going on? I was like, call me. And people hate when I say that. Call me. Like, call you. Like, I'm still a caller. 
Like, I want to hear your tone of voice. I want to hear what's going on. Yeah. Because you can feed through a lot of bullshit by how someone's oh, tone yeah, of voice is. Oh, yeah, sure. So it, even my employees get annoyed. Like, they're about to text. They're like, fuck, I got to call him on this one. <laughs> yeah. It, like, people people want to hear your stuff. Like, they want to help you. And that's the craziest thing. I think <laughs> if you're out there and you're going, nobody, nobody understands me, nobody cares. Like, you're so full of shit. Like, you, if you reach out to somebody and you go... If you reach out to BJ and you say, hey, can we talk? He'll be there in a, in a second. You know, I, I just think that we we have to start being a little more vulnerable and a little more open with certain things and a little more courageous with our feelings and a little more courageous in talking to that stranger, a little more courageous in offering help, a little more courageous in asking for help. And I think if we start to do these little things on a daily basis, all those little choices add up to a much better society. And so because we've lost community because we've lost the structures of church groups and lions clubs and you know murat societies or shriners that's what it's called like because we've lost all of those ways that we collect with each other we're now t- trying to find our meaning and identity and our re- and basically going through the motions of a religious identity through politics and the nature of politics is me taking a gun and forcing you to live the way I want and you going, no, I need that gun. Let me fight you for it. And that force pits you and I against each other instead of creating harmony. So we're trying to solve our problems with government and we're trying to solve it through politics. And that's like the worst possible way to do it. Oh, yes. I mean, because friendships are being lost, family members not talking right. to each other, death threats. and But you can't. And one thing is when you're talking about community, like even on this show is in vulnerability. Like we've had a lot of people on and we're very open on the show to try to like even other people. We've got messages before like, hey, I didn't know that you take pain pills every day because of all your surgeries. And how do you deal with that? Right. And, and that's one thing we've done. And he's went through. Um, he has obsessive compulsive behavior. So do I. And like, you know, in the transition. You yeah. Look great, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah fucking. That was a video. <laughs> we did a video. He said he, he looks like somebody who's stuck in the middle of transition. <laughs> and I've made fun of myself. And then, but like, but like, I'm okay with who I am. Like yeah. I, for the longest time, like I didn't want to be on video. I still, it's a running gag where I say, I don't mind being on video. I got on stage in front of a bunch of strangers and told jokes and they laughed. And, and, and for the moment I was like, they're laughing. Okay, and then it took someone like Ben Blitzky and then, you know, like Dead Man and then Kyle Buck and then Calvin and the list of those guys. Like, dude, you're funny. Fucking do it. Right. And then I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm surrounded by good people. We've created our own. Who do we have on when we're talking about that? We've created our own little community. Of, oh, I don't know. A couple, probably Calvin, maybe. It was somebody where we've created a community. It was somebody else talking about community and stuff. We created yeah, a community of people that, like, I can send – you know, like when we had the pot, I thought I sent it for my dad for for the the medical bills and everything else. I said, "Hey, can you come down and help me raise money?" And they're like, "Fuck, we'll be there in a minute. Don't worry yeah. about it." Yeah. And then because I told them the whole truth of what was going on, and they're like, mm, "That fucking sucks. What can we do to help?" Yeah. And they came down, did four hours, and fucking sweating their balls <laughs> yeah. off. And I fixed chili in a small. It was kind of a big room, but chili in that yeah. room with the, like nine or ten dudes eating chili. That's not a good idea. And then you know, but yeah. we do, but we do it every time. And then, <laughs> and then my mom called in, and she was just like in tears. And afterwards, she's like, "Fuck, I can't." She's like, "Who are these people? I'm like, this is like, these are my friends." She was just like, "How long have you known him?" I was like, "I known him like maybe a." couple months and she's, like, <laughs> and she's like well why is he doing that? i was like because people see the good in people and then we've got away from the good in people We're, yeah but it's all about what you believe in and then they're like 
you can't believe in that we can't be cool like why the fuck not people people are desperate for something real and something authentic and they'll turn to a maniac like Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders because they think that they're authentic or they're real. Like that. Well, he at least he's telling me the truth. Like it's. And I think if we were a little more vulnerable and real in our real lives, then everybody would be a little less quick to jump on on the nut train. You know, when it comes to politics, there's a lot of new people involved. Barack Obama and Donald Trump have brought a lot of new people to the table, and. The newest converts, like being a Christian who converted from an atheist to a Christian at 18, I was hardcore. Like the newest converts are always the hardcore ones. Like the ones who grew up that way are always a little different. And like when you're new to politics and you're new to believing something, you just buy into that tribal identity and you defend it to the death. And then eventually you kind of let go of some of that pride and start to realize maybe there's some shades of gray here. Mm -hmm. And so part of the problem right now is is a problem but also a good thing there's a lot more people involved but the problem with a lot more people being involved is they're not that educated they don't have that institutional knowledge they don't have years of experience at understanding politics or the history of things they're willing to learn and that's what my show is about is saying if you're open-minded and you're ready to learn and you want to think about things in a different way that's what we are libertarians is about you know if you're closed-minded and open-mouthed i don't have a lot for you except sarcasm and <laughs> being a dick back to you and yeah. memes right and memes but you know and i because when you, when you're insecure about your beliefs you're really hostile because if that person rattles you or even catches you on one little gotcha then then that threatens what you don't know like i've been there that's how i was 15 years ago i was just this little rush limbaugh bot repeating everything to like these very smart people like Abdul Hakim Shabazz, you know, who I was interning for. And Abdul's one of the smartest people I know. And he'd go, that's not true. Have you even looked up the facts? Like, do you even understand what that means? Like, do you, And I'd go and I'd look it up and I'd go, wow, I was wrong. And you have that experience enough where you just get exposed not knowing what the fuck you're talking about. And then you go, okay, I know nothing. Let me figure out some truth. And I, like, the more I learn, the more I try to understand politics or libertarianism or human behavior, the less I know. I'm just, like, my job is to wake up every day and just try and figure something out. I, I don't, I, like, people would go, wow, this guy's been a libertarian for 10 years. He must know everything about it. It's like, no, I'm constantly trying to struggle through this new thing. And it's, it's I, I think, you know, if you're new to politics, don't don't try to be right. Just kind of go... I'm in this Facebook argument and I'm defending this thing, but I really don't know. I, I gotta be honest, you know, I just, I didn't even watch the videos. I have no idea what happened with that kid and the Indian. I just, I just know that the 1500 people that I follow on Twitter that I agree with on most things said this happened, but I never actually looked at the primary sources and I'm just being a jackass. Like just lay down your pride a little bit, you know? And, and it, on that thing, I got totally caught. I had to apologize because I didn't watch the videos, but I had an opinion on it. And then when I watched the videos, I went, I'm a fucking idiot and I'm a fool. And now I have to look like a fool in front of everybody else and say, I'm sorry that if you follow me for information, I let you down because I was too stupid to actually watch the videos and l watch the primary source. So but at least you were, but at least you were adult enough to be able to admit you were wrong. It sucks. But yeah, it sucks. Uh, uh, being yeah. humbled really sucks. Well, fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> but I didn't watch any of it. Uh, I just, I just, for some reason, I saw it, the headline, 
on Twitter. And then one thing that I like about Twitter is like there's 15 different articles, right? Right. So, and I, you know, usually I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to check these source, this source. I trust this source and this source. I was like, I don't have the time for that. I like, I just was emotionally drained after this because it almost seemed like this fake like um quentin tarantino movie set up there and i'm yeah. like okay now nah, i'm just gonna i'm gonna see what happens after two days and then that's what happened is this came out and then they found out something else that this school had done so there's like we may have lost this round but we're gonna find some more stuff over here and i'm just like oh my god we have the united states government right now is trying to overthrow the government of venezuela which i'm not i'm not saying i support the venezuelan government but you should at least be aware and understand that your government is installing a new government in another country, you know, and we're mad about Russia spreading some memes here on our social media, but then our CIA right now is installing a new government in Venezuela, and you don't know that. You don't see that in the, in the mainstream press. Did, uh, did, does Venezuela have a central bank? I, um, I think they shut it down. He tried. Uh, Maduro just tried to get all the gold from England out of the Bank of England, and they said no. <laughs> that <laughs> happened today because one of our episodes we went through and yeah. looked at where we got involved, and then right when the Rothschild banks are going in right, right. after that, so we started kind of because one thing we I always say about is one of the things if you want to learn about politics in one way is you need to look at the money because yeah. in, in some aspects, right. Because sometimes you'll see a politician and see the way that they vote and certain things, and then you go through because it's all public record of who a lot of their donors are. Yeah, I think it was Joe Kennedy the third, um, and one one was we were looking at him or whatever, and it was right when the opiate crisis became really big, and I was wondering why he was talking a certain way, like, no, you need to before this opiate, you need to make sure that you know we get treatment help, whatever, and then looked at one of his pharmaceuticals was one, which was a major producer of opiates, backed him. And I was, and I saw the way he was talking. I was like, and it makes sense that way a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, look at Indiana. Indiana, because we were Indian O place forever, has had this sense that we need to do, we need to like go above and beyond. We need to build us the RCA dome before we even have a team, and then pray we get a team. And it worked out. Hudnut like got lucky with Ursa and the Colts. But we built a stadium before we ever had a team. And when we tore down the Hoosier Dome, we had never touched the principal on that thing. We had only paid the interest. And, you know, the city just has this mentality of we need to attract young professionals and big business, and we need to be bigger than we actually are. We can never be Indian O place. We can never have the downtown turn into a, a circus again. Like, we need to be relevant. And you have the red line being built and you have bike lanes being built and nobody uses this stuff, but it's all in the name of bringing young professionals to town. Uh, you know, that's what the hate crimes legislation is about. It's we want to make ourselves look good to Silicon Valley and Salesforce. But then you have the governor come out and say, we're not going to even consider medical marijuana <laughs> or legalization <laughs> in any way, shape or form. How many of your friends and our age group have moved to Denver in the last two years. I can count five, at least. Quite yeah. a bit, yeah. Quite a bit. Young professionals want personal freedom. They want low taxes. They want nice restaurants. And they want, like, one of those murals on the side of a building, like in Nashville with the wings, that they can take a picture in front of. Yeah. Like, that's what millennials want. <laughs> yeah. And so if you want to attract young professionals to the state, then you should considered a legalization like he's eric holcomb is is a fairly libertarian person because i've had conversations with the guy like he 
I, I, so I'm sitting here going, all right, I know he's not stupid. I know he's pr- probably smoked pot. His his boss, Mitch Daniels, got caught with a shoebox full of pot at Princeton, you know, and he got off easy and he turned out okay. Uh, and so what is Eric Holcomb's goal here? Why is he doing this? Well, he's either trying to curry favor with baby boomers in the state that are going to reelect him, or he is looking at all of the pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies that are in Indiana, and he's saying, I need to make sure that I get their donors. I bet if we had any journalists in this town that had the resources to investigate, they could probably figure out why a man who is fairly libertarian-leaning is saying, I'm not even going to consider something that would benefit the state and its economics. It makes no sense, but if you follow the money, it'll make sense. That's the second time. And we, and, TC always says it. Follow and, the money. And, and one thing is because we've always had our theories, and we've had other people on, like I normal and everything like that. And and we were just talking about even a lot of the legalization of medical marijuana was for soldiers, you know. And that was our biggest yeah. concern was like we we have these parades and we you know we do all these things for soldiers and we have to stand for the flag, whatever all that other shit is, right? But we don't do what's best for them, right? because of political reasons cowards right. like politicians are cowards like if you go serve through three fucking tours in iraq and you fucking have PSA, ptsd and fucking if this calms your nerves and it's from a doctor then fuck it like he did more for he done more for technically than i'll ever do and i'm yeah. okay with it well any and even like you know where the part of your brain at ptsd is in i mean it's you know people have you know massive trauma you know massive brain trauma and you know your brain cells get fucked up well all that is in the same fucking area and there's been several studies the the most recent one i can remember is in 2014 that showed that cannabis would help those fucking brain cells regrow that's why it fucking helps people with ptsd yeah so we'll allow you to go shoot motherfuckers and you know slaughter women and children but you can't come back and smoke a little weed the the establishment in the state has tried to turn jim lucas into a joke he's the state rep from southern indiana same with my hometown yeah who is who is trying to push this through and who's actually showing some courage and standing up and saying i just went to colorado and got high yeah he was just on the boss hog of liberty and he talked about <laughs> trying to he was on he was on the married with children podcast yeah. a couple months ago you know and the people who are in, in the elite of this state are trying to make him look like he's some sort of buffoon yeah. and you go you know it's like youtube saying today that they're going to do, to you can't search for conspiracies anymore well who decides what a conspiracy is i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i sure know that what i believe to the splc the southern poverty law center a lot of it's conspiratorial because it involves personal freedom you know what what jim lucas believes is personal freedom what jim lucas believes is the state of government that ought to exist it shouldn't be up to a bunch of closed-minded, bought-off politicians in the state house to decide what a veteran can or can't inhale. They're adults. You're an adult. If you want to smoke a Chevy eight, a, a motor block, I don't give a, I don't care, because at the end of the day, you're going to do that once and go. This is not, this is not good for me. Like we create incentives. The opioid crisis is the perfect example. The government starts getting involved in regulating pharmaceuticals and and allowing what is and is not allowed in terms of advertising. And they have created a set of perverse incentives that have led to the opioid crisis. It's 
we blame the pharmaceutical companies, but we never look at the politicians that created the legislation that were paid by the pharmaceutical companies to tip the balance in favor of them. And I just sit here and go, when are we going to get it? It has nothing to do with the Republicans or the Democrats. It has everything to do with you sitting at home, not actually engaging your politicians and going, I want personal freedom. Like, you have to get up off of your butt and actually ask for it. If you want better media, stop clicking on Kardashian bullshit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you, because the reality is every journalist who works at the Indianapolis Star wants to do journalism. Every single one of them wants to do a good job that brings you pertinent information, but you don't click on it. You don't click on the stuff that is actually important and relevant to your life. You click on the things that don't matter. And so their bosses say, if we want to turn a profit for Gannett, we need to provide more bullshit that doesn't matter. And so you have to look at your own personal behavior and start going, if I'm interested in this type of journalism, I'm going to go click on that. I'm going to support that. I'm going to write the editor note and thank them for doing that sort of journalism. I'm going, you know, like Gannett is being threatened to be bought out by this hedge fund that is a click mill. You know what happens if the Indianapolis Star gets bought by a click mill and we have more jobs lost at the Indianapolis Star? Larry Nasser never gets caught. One of the most prolific child molesters in the Midwest was brought down by the good journalism from the Indianapolis Star. No you know? shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, I didn't know that. Tim Swearens just got let go. He is the institutional knowledge at a knowledge product. They let him go. They let Gary Varvel go. They let Will Higgins go. They let Pete the Planner go. These are important people to the newsroom, and it's because what they do doesn't get as many clicks as the style section or the sports section, you know? And so... We're becoming magazine smart. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, we have to stop wanting our ears tickled. Like, yeah. if you want change to happen, you can make it change. Like, the new hot topic is, are we heading to a civil war? No. Because the reality is, the civil war was a great evil. The, the, the reason that we fought the Civil War was a great evil. Slavery was a tremendous evil. We don't have tremendous evils in our society. We have problems. We have small amounts of evil that we can fix. And so we're arguing over nonsense because we're not engaging on the right issues. And all we have to do is make the conscious decision to start making better choices. And if we do that, we can turn it around. We don't have to have these fights. Like if you, you know, if, if you're... If you're not into the drama of two guys having a staring contest and it almost starting a civil war, don't engage in it. Like, just stop. Don't don't tweet about it. Like, and I'm the worst one about it. And I know I'm a I'm the world's biggest hypocrite. And it's a constant battle within myself. You know, it's the concept of jihad. The greater jihad in Islam is the battle with yourself. The lesser jihad is the battle with the infidel. You know, and so we have to wage jihad on ourselves every day when it comes to being a good citizen, engaging with the world, engaging with our politicians, fighting for liberty and personal freedom. And if you have these beliefs, if you care, then you have to start actually talking to your local officials, getting involved, you know, because when you don't, you leave it up to the people who are interested in gaining power. And those people have done a real shit job for us, haven't they? Oh yeah, hell yeah. You know, man. like you ever thought about running for office? No. <laughs> hey, I goddamn, we need somebody like you in there. We run a great PR firm. <laughs> hey, no, man. I, I have not. I, I think I'm, uh, 
I'm much happier doing what I'm doing with We Are Libertarians. We put out an episode a day. I put out one long episode a week that I host a week, um, usually sometimes two. Uh, do a lot of stuff like this. Uh, just did, a, did an appearance on uh, Frank Caliendo and Al Jackson's podcast, Alan Frank Try to Be Serious, uh, you know, talking about libertarianism. Um, I think I'm more valuable doing this, but if at some point in the future... I'm I can reach more people by running for office than I would. Yeah. But I think um right now that's not an option. I really love my job. I work for the Bob and Tom show and like why would I want to go why like I love going into work every day and so I I wouldn't do anything to upset that job. Like that's you know great. Oh yeah. Plus the other problem with him is he deals in facts. Right. And that won't work in the political world. It, does, I mean, it doesn't seem because that I've said this a million times. One of my favorite movies is V for Vendetta. Yeah, and it's because they use fear. Because fear, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Fear, Iran. Fear. You know, what I'm saying North Korea. Fear. Like, is if people are not informed and people don't pay attention, they start fearing things that that they shouldn't fear, right? And they start instilling that fear in everybody else. And like you said, like minded people. Like, but we have to fear them. Mike, but if you actually take a look at the whole spectrum and actually read, do your research. And like I always say, is like, like just read, do your research. And then there's been so many times, like uh, I joined Facebook in 2017. Yeah. Just because of the show. Cause I did not want any part of it. I, and I watched, and I watched it <laughs> yeah. and then I, and, and then I clicked add a friend I clicked add a friend. And then I, and I never, i never unclicked off anybody because of their beliefs. Cause I, whatever you believe, whatever, as long as you're not saying, Hey, I want to piddle little kids. Yeah. I can deal with most of the stuff that you say, but there's this dude on my Facebook account, like 19 straight things that he's posted has been false propaganda. <laughs> and I know he believes in it wholeheartedly. And it just breaks my heart, and I just and I want to say something, but I don't because I'm like, you know, it's gonna start one of these arguments. It's close, not, close mind, open mouth. Yeah, you can't talk to him. And then I was just thinking about like, and they were just, and it was just such awful stuff. And then I always look, and no one ever likes it. No one ever comments on it because right. I think everybody else is like me. They're like, eh, he's posting a super gentleman. Unfollow. Yeah. Well, it, it was. It was it was the you know the whole rabbit hole. I went in and texted you at oh. at, at six thirty this morning that I had, you know, I woke I just woke up at four, couldn't go back to sleep. I didn't have to get up till six thirty, couldn't go back to sleep. So at, at four thirty, I fucking popped an Adderall and went down a fucking rabbit hole of Twitter, and Uh-oh. it it <laughs> and it and you know and, and it it started as you know replying to fans, people you know just tweeting at us whatever. And, you know, then I was scrolling, scrolling, found something, you know, and then there we went. Yeah. And it, I went down this fucking political rabbit hole of fucking left and right. And, I mean, I, I can't remember the, I can't remember the chick's name now, but she says she's running for president now. Uh, she's a Democrat. Is that from California? I can't remember. I think I fucking screenshotted it because I was one. I was going to send it to you, and then I didn't. Just I think it's the one from California. After it was after Kamala it was, Harris. Yeah. After it was all said and done, I was just I was like I I don't even I don't even know if I can function today because of all the shit that I just read. And I finally, it all came down to one fucking tweet. Cardi B. Oh no. <laughs> no. After after I'd had enough because there was so much. It's like it's a, it's like. Okay, over here on the left, like everybody is fucking screaming and bitching and crying about everything. But then everybody on over here on the right is like kind of 
I don't know, bullying maybe a little bit. I, I This is probably not the word I want to use, but it's the only thing that pops into my head. Fear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kind of. And it's so... It, I, was, I got down. I was just like, what in the fuck are we doing here? Like, what is going on? Like, how... And so my tweet that I sent out was, I was like, I'm you know, scrolling through my Twitter feed, and I'll, if you're on the left or the right, it seems like the left is the little brother who always runs and tells, tells mom, and the right is like the middle kid who's always trying to talk the, little, the youngest one into doing dumb shit. I'll, I'll tell you, I, here's what people don't understand about the left, and, and I don't mean liberals. You know, a person who, like, there's a... a person that I'm thinking of, she's one of the smartest people I know. She thinks about everything from principles and values. She just has different principles and values and a different point of view than I do, but she's a liberal who thinks about these things philosophically. But then there's leftists. There's people who have studied under Saul Linsky, like this, the guy who is banging the drum in the kid's face is a leftist. This this guy studied Saul Linsky and <coughs> community organizing tactics and it's all rooted in a worldview of cultural Marxism where everybody is either the oppressor or the oppressed, and there is no in-between. And so if you believe that somebody is the oppressor and you are fighting for the oppressed, there is no <coughs> tactic that won't... Like, they don't care about sending out a mass tweet about a mass push notification from all these publications that, that damages the reputation of, of someone because... It's morally correct. It's morally right. You know, it, it, the retraction doesn't get as much of a push, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because we're fighting Trump, and Trump is the oppressor, and so it doesn't really matter if we're truthful or not. We're on the right side of morality. And so everything from a leftist point of view is I have to provoke the oppressor. It's provoke, provoke, provoke. And the reaction is then what gets covered. So it's just like this situation that we just saw. The guy walked up with the drum, started beating it in the kids in the face. He took the video, and the press just eats it up and runs and said, look at the oppressors. Look at the oppressors oppressing the oppressed. It's a classic Alinsky. Like, you have no idea how much of your news is manufactured this way. And you saw it for what it is. And I see it, and I go, oh, wow. And then you have CNN commentators going, yeah, the kids didn't do anything wrong, but they were wearing the red hat. And the red hat is the new white hood. What kind of mental illness is that? That's what Alyssa Milano coined that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Alyssa Milano is a useful idiot. It was a term in communist Russia that the communists that Lenin would use for people who were on their side who were were the Alyssa Milanos. They're not the deep thinkers. They're not the people who are sitting there thinking in terms of, you know, we're going to move this chess piece here, we're going to move this chess piece here. They're the pawns screaming and parroting the lines, but they have a position of authority because they're famous. She's a useful idiot. She's engaging in something very destructive. The idea that if you wear a Make America Great Again hat, you are, you are making a statement of white supremacy is to just assign a belief system to other people. And it is a signal to say, it does not matter what you do to this person because they're no longer human. You have every right to do whatever you want to somebody in a red hat because they're not people. And that is a very dangerous place for society to go. We've done that before. And and Americans need to stand up and they need to say to people on the left, you're wrong, stop this. Yes, there may be problems with that red hat, but stop it. 
because that kid does not deserve to be doxxed, even if everything in the original narrative was true. And that kid was being a smug racist jerk. Was the punishment appropriate? You know, Kathy Griffin, who, whom I defended at one point, saying this what happened to her was not right under over this misunderstanding, is doxing people. She either didn't learn anything, or she's just a terrible person that doesn't care. She's the, the exact example of what I'm talking about. She does not care about morality or values or principles. She cares about tearing down the people that she thinks are oppressors. Mm -hmm. And so even if she says, hey, you guys mistreated me, this was terrible what Trump's people did to me, and she's right, she is wrong in doing the same thing after the fact. Like, she knows what those kids are going through, but she doesn't care because those are the oppressors, and they're not people. They need to be destroyed. And so... There is a new movement in the right, and this is one thing why I was so concerned on Saturday when I saw these videos, is there is a movement in the right to adopt that same stance. That anybody who is liberal, or if it seems leftist, the Gillette ad is a great example. The Gillette ad seemed leftist, so we have to hate it. But if you watch it, you go, these are very conservative principles. It's talking about justice and personal responsibility and making good choices and being a good father. What is, what is offensive about any of that? There nothing. was nothing in it that was offensive, but it seemed leftist. And so we have to tear this down because I'm tired of Razor Company. I get like being talked down to, but engaging in those same tactics that you hate doesn't solve the problem. It just makes everything worse. So that's what I think is going on. I think people don't understand the roots of their own thinking and they don't understand that they're engaging in tribalistic behavior and we have to like take a chill pill here and go, even if these kids are racists and they're wearing MAGA hats, should I retweet the celebrity that is trying to get their parents fired? No, no, no. <laughs> Because what we become now, and I think that the two thoughts was, is we've been like that before with, like you said, the red hats. It was with African Americans. Like, they yeah. are lesser than us. We can do whatever we want. They are not equivalent to us. And women, not as bad, but almost a little bit. Like, we're here, women are here. But, you know, and the other th thing I kept thinking about was we're very reactive now because everything's instantaneous, right? I can go in there, write on my phone, and whatever, meet and go on Tinder theoretically and have someone have sex with the night right with no effort yeah instead before you had to sit back and take everything in and make an educated like let me let me really look at this you know like when they when he was working on my car the other day they went through everything before they did anything like here let's check this out first before we do anything because i don't want to do anything if we have to do it again we don't do that no like huh. we, we see a, a fucking 10 second clip of a video and it's a fucking apocalypse and we you're right we're gonna do whatever it takes to destroy them and the only thing funny that came out of this was uh, um, Scott Bayo, Michael Rappaport, who I love Rappaport. I know he's a fucking kook. He is. They're all going on it on Twitter. Now, there's celebrities going at each other, so they're already like, who cares what they think? If you get your opinions from a celebrity, you already got problems. <laughs> now, if Charles Barkley wants to um, teach me how to rebound, I'm going to listen. But if he's going to tell me how what I should believe in, I'm not going to. But that's what we do because we still have a lot of idol worshiping. You, you said the Kardashians. We have that because we want to have that. We it's wanna... social proof. It's 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 why you know it's why we do podcasts. We want to be more significant in our network. 
and being of a higher social value gives you more things. You know, it's it's just your basic laws of attraction. It's you know, I have more money, so I can take care of more. I can take care of things better. I'm physically attractive. I've had better genes. I have social proof, which means people around me are talking about me, so I look important. Like these are just very tribal things. Like I think everybody should read Jonathan Haidt's uh, book about religion and politics because he really nails a lot of this stuff. I think it, Rogan just had Joe Rogan just had on Jonathan Haidt. H-A-I-D-T. Go watch that because when you watch that, you really start to see a lot of these threads all kind of come together for you. And and what social media does is it's just it's just the human animal brain on display. You know, and, and we react. Even re- really intelligent people. I consider myself intelligent. And I just got caught up in it. You know, there have been moments in the last couple of years where I've just got caught up in it, you know, and I do everything I can to put a governor on myself to think about these things and go, like, not say anything for a while. But, man, sometimes you just see it and you go, wow, this validates every fear I have about Trump's effect on America and look at these kids being Nazis. Like, it, and there, there was no self-control on my, my behalf. I violated my personal principles on Saturday because I was just pissed. You know, and the lizard brain took over. And so reasonably intelligent people just are having this reaction. And so you have to start to go, there's benefit to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and social media. There's a lot of benefit to your cell phone. But there also has to be some point where we start to have a serious piece of self-reflection and go, what do I want as a person? What are my goals? What what do I want society to look like and how do I make that happen and how do I interact with the world and have some of those deeper conversations? I think I'm, I'm always critical of baby boomers because they write these articles about millennials killing everything and millennials are all lazy and they're all these horrible things. Meanwhile, we've had to pay all your college debt. We're going to pay all your retirement. We've had to fight your wars. We've had to, you know, it's like, uh, millennials have had, um, Millennials have had a, a rough uh, road to hoe over the last uh, 15 years, and boomers have not made it easier. They they go, why do, why don't you why are why are Hooters closing? That's not fair. It's like, well, we make 30 percent less than our parents at the same age, you know, and we we grew up in families that weren't traditional families. We grew up in broken home situations. We we don't have the same. You're the people who built the back porches instead of the front porches. You're the people who, like, I really blame baby boomers f- f- as as a conglomerate. Individuals make different choices, of course. Um, but I think that period of society from the 70s into, the, into really this decade started to focus more on uh, our, our own personal desires and fulfilling those personal needs and fulfilling what we want. And I want to get what I want and I don't care what it costs other people. Just give me the McMansion, and I want the chain restaurant, and I want my car to be as good. As, and so there's a lot of that, like, even though I'm a libertarian who believes in individualism, I still know that society demands that I give back to my community and I be civic-minded because you're going to need other people. You know, you're going to need people's empathy to make a, a private society, a libertarian society work. And that's one thing that I'm really trying to get across to libertarians is that you need to be socially focused. 
You know, you don't have to you don't have to buy into the culture wars, but you need to be leaders. And so one of the reasons that we're we're really falling down into some of what you said is that we're lacking leadership. This society has no leadership anymore. We don't trust any leadership. No. If it's a religious all. person that stands up, we go Ted Haggard. He's just blowing guys in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, if it's a politician, he's on the make. Anybody who stands up and says, you know, that we hold up as a leader, we tear them down immediately. Bill Belichick, he's a cheater. Right. And so, you know. I, I think he is, though. He is. But prove that. <laughs> the point being is that society really, like, as much as we want to think we are one way, we really are people who need leadership. And instead of looking to other people to lead you, and waiting for other people to step up and do it, you need to lead yourself. And that means getting in touch with your principles, your values, what you think is important, your goals, your mission in life, and start making that shit happen. And then you won't care as much about what happens in society because you're leading yourself, you're leading your family, you're leading your friends, and you're holding each other accountable saying, hey man, I know you believe in honesty and I just, I know you just lied to that guy. Why'd you do that? You know, holding each other accountable. And so we really start focusing on leading our own lives by focusing on this thing, these things. We're going to be much happier because we're going to be in control. Yeah. Now, well, I mean, now that you say that, it's, it's weird that you, uh, I guess I've never, I guess I've never thought about it, I guess. But you say that and I've, because I've always, I've always kind of been, um, I guess I, 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 I guess I always kind of said I, I didn't care. You know, like mm-hmm. what what was going on, but it, you know, in the back of my mind, I did, I did kind of care, but I'm, you know, I'm more concerned with, you know, are are my kids, you know, are they learning shit in school? Is you know, is mine and my wife's marriage okay? You know, is money coming into the household? <laughs> you know, are we are we spending too? You know, I mean, I, I've always kind of, I've always kind of just blown it off as a, I didn't really give a shit, right? But you know, now that you say it, it's kind of like, well, shit, I do give a shit, but. I'm really just worried about what's happening here, you know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead, you know, my group of people, you know, which is BJ, which is, you know, his kids, and, you know, it's, it's like, I, you know, and, and BJ is the same way, you know, we do kind of, we do try to lead our group, yeah. you know, in And that in doesn't right mean direction. being in control. That well, means leading. No, no exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you brought up a great point, you, but the problem is we have people that can't lead their households, people that can't lead their kids, people who can't lead their four walls right yeah but they try to but so they have to gain that leadership like you know even if you don't have kids or whatever like your own home your four walls right you take care of there and then you can expand from there and once you and that's a big thing is but we have people who want to be leaders but they can't you know and i don't believe some they, they say, can't they can't lead your house they can't lead their household but want to try to tell you how to lead your well, and they say p- leaders are born no they're not born something there's an instinct in all of us right like if you no matter what if you see something some instinctively kicks in like it's a tribal like hey wait a second something's not right here or like we need to do x y and z because go back and think about it, even to the wild west in the 1800s right because what one most people want that if you if you're out in the west right you want to just your own piece of land your own piece of property and try to do things the right way. Then they try to build up the little towns. If you go back to Blazing Saddles, Johnson, 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 right? right? And then, and then there was other people like, no, we're just going to do what we want to do, no matter what you say. And they would come in, you know, pillage the town, take over the town, and then there'd be like um, one leader of the whole town, right? There's always going to be two kinds of mindsets. I think like either you're doing it the right way or the wrong way. Like you, there are some gray areas because sometimes in order. 
you do get your hands dirty if you need to get certain things done. Yeah. I do believe in that. You know, but like you said, it was like, I feel like they always, they, they look at us and, but our American dream is made from TV. Mm-hmm. They said, you need to, you, you go stay pregnant, fix food, have kids. I'm going to come on with a briefcase. We're going to hug. We're going to have dinner. We're going to watch TV, laugh and joke and move on. Fire Festival. Have you guys watched either of the documentaries? No, no I do know of it. Yeah, uh, the, the net the Netflix. I doc, saw you posted something. The about Netflix that documentary is is better, but probably less accurate because it was made by the fuck Jerry people. But it is the perfect example of what what everything that is wrong with society. It's like just. I'm going to live for the moment. I'm going to live to make myself look good on Instagram. I'm going to spend all this money. I, I'm going to rip these people off. Like, And it, it, it is. It's it's like that's the American dream now is looking good on Instagram. You know, n- not waking up and having pride in your life, but having this hollow view of the world where you are uh you're looking good it's a vanity and vanity's not vanity's one of the seven deadly sins i think i'm uh, not catholic but you know fire festival really shows you what the modern american dream is and how hollow it is and how easy it is to have it taken away from you because you've just been bamboozled because you believe in nothing only vanity and i think it's really a, a great example but to your point i'm tired of us as a society trying to fix the lowest common denominator like I deeply care about the poor. I, I I'm against the hate crimes legislation in in Indiana because not because I dislike gay people, but because I don't want prosecutors to have more pro, more crimes to stack against a poor person that can't afford attorneys, and and guilt innocent or not into just signing a plea deal. Like you're just adding more charges. Like I I care about people who are powerless in society. But the people who can have power and just choose to be lazy, I don't care about those people. Like the people who can't get out of their house because of social anxiety, I don't care anymore. And the way that you fix that problem is that you start to lead. And the more you lead and the more you say, I'm not going to, I'm sorry, I'm not going to encourage these feelings. I'm not going to, like, you, you can either come out with us and you can be our friend or you can stay at home and be miserable. Like, that's the choice. Like, we have to be a little tougher on those people. Well, we've created that, though. Yeah. And we've talked about that everybody gets a trophy. Like, if you play a game, there's a winner and a loser, except for soccer, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I fucking hate soccer. Football. Football. But, but we there's there's if you go for a job, right, there's someone's going to get it and someone's not going to get it. They're not going to give you a job just because you applied. Right. And, you know, and I, my job is to interview, I probably do 10 a week, 10 to 15 a week. Right. And I, and I'm just surprised that some of these, why some people haven't got jobs. Right. Right. Someone called me dude the other day. How are you doing today, dude? And I'm like, um, I'm good. Was um, he a rancher from 1859 or? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I might accidentally called the farmers.com thing on accident. <laughs> oh, that yeah, brings me to, I'm glad you brought that So. Up. But like, back to what happened to my son. Like that, that 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 was something I believed in because that was something that affected my household. And I want to lead by example. Like if your family and someone does something to you, you, you stomp have, a fucking mud hole in their ass. Uh, you you and, and by the way, you got that guy, and yeah. you and you did it in a nonviolent way. But that guy was so shook by his own behavior, he went and sat in a car for three hours. Yeah, because he was so he was so taken by how 
poor of a man he was. He might have been listening to both our podcasts, so I hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once again, fuck you, Bob. And that is his real name. <laughs> if I knew his last name, I'd say it. But because I know some of my sons listen to this podcast. Yeah, but every one of those boys goes, I know which man I want to be. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about it, though, is if my son was a little dick, I would have went over there and made him apologize because yeah, right. I believe in that, and I've made my son do it before. You apologize, sir, he'll never be back over here. And, that, and that's the problem is we're quick to say is like, no, it's it's fine that he put you outside, son. You know, you probably deserved it. What? No, what the fuck? No, it, 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 it doesn't matter how big of a fucking asshole you are as a 13-year-old kid. A fucking adult has a responsibility to make sure that that fucking minor is taken care of regardless if he's an asshole or not. Well, right. and that's kind of what, back to this point, this guy's like, fuck it, not my problem. I'm, I'm going to do what I want. I yeah. don't care what what happens to this child. I'm going to put myself first. And that's, you know, I, I used to listen to a lot of Zig Ziglar in high school, and he used to say, you know, the, the key to getting what you want is helping a, enough other people get what they want. Right. And I, I have found that to be true in my life, and, and that if Absolutely. you just help enough other people, they'll eventually help you. It'll come back your way. Yeah. You don't need to be have this scarcity mindset with a closed fist, and I need mine, and I only care about me. It's like, you know, that guy sat in that car, and I hope, and he probably did, think, what kind of man is going to put a child out in two-degree weather and not even call his parents and leave him just to be uh, just to be in a in a snowstorm and, like and, what kind of man am i you and know then the fact that i called his mom her his wife and she would not return a phone call or a text message yeah because she's deeply ashamed yeah of, she's deeply ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she if she's not she's a fucking horrible person well she's probably always face down anyways oh now Jesus. the well, next look at him <laughs> you know Fuck the, you bob you know those memes where it's like one step and it's like the head and then it's the next step and the rays <laughs> yeah. are coming out and then the next step like the next step is like following up the next day with that person you owe bob nothing like you don't owe bob anything in the world you don't owe him an apology you owe him nothing but clearly there's a guy who has some problems, reach out to Bob and go, hey, I'm sorry if I got in your face too much, but I want to understand, like, what is going on? Like, reaching out to the wife, what is going on? Like, there's, this is a person that is in your social network. Taking that next step and showing some concern for somebody who owes you, who you owe nothing to. Like, clearly, here's a, hum a human being who is failing. And that person's, ne like... We all think, oh, this person needs to get their stuff together. But what? Which one of us actually got our stuff together alone? Like, I have never ever just woken up one morning and thought, "Wow, I figured that out on my own." <laughs> it's by having conversations with people or people going, "What's going on?" Or, you know, it's we grow as people because other people take time to invest in us, and that's really the next step that we all have to get to. Like, I stood my ground, but. Show your son, let's talk to Bob and find out what's going on. Let's talk to your, his kid. Like, let's take that guy in. There's certain limits to it, right? Like, at some point, if you've talked for two years and Bob's not going to change, like, a couple conversations, three conversations, four conversations, he's not changed. But then, like, two years, he calls you up and goes, hey, man, that, that was a really horrible time in my life. Thank you. Or, I'm at the bottom. Can you help me get some help? Like, that is the next step for men. That's the step that we have to take is the bobs of the world are struggling and they need men who are secure and safe and healthy like yourselves to go, what's up, man? 
Like, you know, that's the next step. Now, you can only take so many puppies into the pound, right? You know, you have to make sure that you're not invading your, your life and your responsibilities to take care of strangers. That's codependency. But the bobs of the world are, are out there without anybody caring. Women have support systems. Women have the ability to reach out for help. Men are so afraid of showing weakness to their wives, to other men, to their employers, to anyone on social media. And men are very weak right now. And sometimes it's just going to take a BJ saying to Bob, what is up, man? What was that about? Can we get lunch? Like, you want to come over? Like, let's talk, because that was real fucking weird. You want to get a beer? Well, yeah. that's that's how it started. That's how the conversation started. I was like, hey, man, what happened? Just, yeah. And I said, you know, if something happened, I said, I apologize, and then, you know, I'll make sure it never happens again. And he's like, no, he's just a fucking punk. He, no, he's just a punk. And I was like, I tried to talk to you and say, what was wrong? Let's see what we can fix it. Let's just talk. No big deal. Did not get heated until he's like, he's a fucking punk. He was a punk. And I was like, well, what did he do? Let me know. Like, as a father, I want to make sure that I can show him and teach him. That's how I started. Yeah. I'm a very calm person. And he just kept saying, just kept saying, just kept saying. I was like, man, I'm like, I'm trying to be. <laughs> I'm trying not to kick your ass right now. <laughs> like, I'm trying to see because I'm. Oh, he, hey, he could have too. You're, you're I, being empathetic and I'm saying, like, I'm there has to be a reason. Yeah. Like, my son has gotten some trouble, right? He's made yeah. some bad decisions. If he made one, I want to know because I want to apologize because this is your house. I respect your house, and I would apologize. But no, he just kept saying he's a punk. He's a punk. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. So I drive by his house every day on my way home from work. You should, do you honk the horn when you drive by? No. You should. See, that's why I can't be a gun owner. I would. <laughs> no, not really. I just, I, not, I, you wouldn't do shit. You, you're, no, I it, feel bad. Just that, that right there yeah. tells me that you're an empathetic man who walked up and said, there has to be some reason this is happening. And I feel I feel bad I feel bad because there's kids in that house. There's a wife in that house. And well, there I, were kids that, there were more kids in that house that the, day. This is the second time he's thrown kids out there. Yeah. I didn't know he my son went back to this house because I was working whatever blah blah blah. Yeah, cuz I'm pretty sure after the last time we were like, mm, it's probably not a good idea you go back there." And my wife had to take him like five kids. Yeah. And um, so he just gets angry. And they were playing basketball outside the basketball. And it's during, so kids are outside playing what we want kids to do no smartphones no selfies and he's like ah it's too loud you just need to get off my property like like when we used to have the basketball going my other uh actually basically oh, yeah. right, right across yeah. the street yeah, it was right Dude, the road. we'd have all the kids down my, my kids were like hey can we have kids over it's like just bring them down yeah and then i get out there and dunk on them because we had like eight and a half feet <laughs> <laughs> but i loved it and i would just sit there and watch and watch and then watch my kids get competitive and these other neighborhood kids and it was like the cool the, to me that was the epitome of where i wanted to be at as right. a father i've always wanted to be a father and watch my kids out there playing and then you know you know, into the and i get that aspect of you know building a family in, this, in you know a community or whatever i talked to all my neighbors that live there um and so i really like that and then i moved and i hang a cubs flag and the guy told me the pole wasn't on his, on his side of the property and then that was the only other time because he he actually was it for father's day uh yeah, father's yeah day. i think so he yeah. came over painted the pole black yeah Bob or somebody else? No, I know. AP. I did. I did. Yeah. AP did. And then so we. Well, his wife called me. She was like, well, I bought this flag and I can't get it up. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'll come she, over. So he brought now, over Viagra because she did. <laughs> <laughs> now I get over there and she was like, well, I really want it painted black too. And I was like, 
I don't know, you realize that's a fucking 20 foot pole, right? You got a ladder? <laughs> and so I, I. He don't know a lot about poles. Climbed that bitch up, <laughs> spray painted that fucker. And then so, and then I hung up, they got me the, the Cubbies uh, bear one, real nice flag, right. authentic, and I'm putting it up there, and I'm like, man. The guy's like, hey, uh, what's up with the flag? And I'm like, well, oh, that's the Cubs. If you didn't know, that's the Cubby bear. And he's like, yeah, but that flagpole is mine. I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, well, it's uh, it's on my side of the property. I was like, sir. There's a fucking fence. I go, sir, here's a fence in the, in the poles on this way. I was like, I can't help the wind. I'm not Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I don't think he understood the reference. And he's like, what? It's like never mind. I was like, I'm not taking it down. It was a father did gift from my my family. He's like, well, I think you need to take it down. I was like, well, I think you need to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I leased this house for two years. I'm not going to live here any longer. Yeah. And the first time you ever talk to me, you're demanding that I do something. Yeah. I'm like, who does that? Yeah. We 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 grow growing up. We had like a big ass hill, but it was the backyard neighbor's property, and it was the greatest sledding hill in the entire town of Plainfield. And this motherfucker put up flagpoles <laughs> because he just hated fun. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he was like, one of these kids is going to get hurt and I'll get sued. And so I, I mean, so I'm sure he had a good reason. But as, as an eight year old kid, yeah. I was, I was outraged. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, you were. <laughs> That's a good time. That motherfucker just ruined it. Man, yeah. the best time I ever went sledding was on a car hood. <laughs> a car hood? Yeah. Dude, we, I, the. Someone had left it there with a rope on it. We didn't bring the car hood, but we took the car hood over the overpass um, because on the other side it had fresh snow, but it had a creek in it. Oh, shit. So you had to bail out at a certain time. Oh, I told, yeah, I told that story like yeah, a couple yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. No, we had, uh, we had one, uh, was, I think it was around spring break one year, but we got, and we hardly ever got big snows. And uh, this, this year, we got like 20 inches of snow like over like a week, right? School was out for like fucking two weeks. I mean, it was a good time. Buddy of mine had a three-wheeler. We thought it'd be a great idea. Let's tie a rope on the back of that bitch, put a sled behind it, and let's fucking ride our asses around the neighborhood. And so we did. And, you know, parents still were had to go to work. You know, kids were off. And uh, so this is back when you could leave your kids at home at an early age. And, I, don't, uh, I don't think you could. I just don't think people. Uh... That's true. <laughs> well, actually, now that I think about it, I was probably 12 or 13. Yeah, like I, I started babysitting at 10, but yeah. my parents were like, you know, 911, you're fine. Yeah. And so we're cruising through the neighborhood and uh, the guy driving, the guy riding on the back of the three wheeler and me are not looking in front of us. The, the two guys on the front are driving, looking back at me to see if I wreck. And they didn't happen to see the car that was coming. And he slung me out, and thankfully, that woman was smart enough to stop, and I slid right up underneath the front of her car. See, the ir- irony in this, we did that at my, uh, <laughs> my the Robbins farm, and it was on a three-wheeler Honda. Yeah, that's what this was. Getting pulled by a sled down the driveway, and they went to videotape it for the holidays. He swung me around. I hit a tree knee first, and my spine did this. Ooh, good times. Fuck three wheelers. Because <laughs> no. he, he kept saying, he's like, you need, and I was like, tall, skinny kid. He's like, you need to lean to the left on this because it's going to come out right. And I was like, I know physics real well. I'm sixth grade. We're good. <laughs> and he hit it, and then went, and I was like, uh. And I was like, I don't know, some kind of ego. I was like, don't let go of the sled. You're fine. You're fine. Right. I don't want to look like a pussy. And then I hit the tree, and the sled went like 30 feet in the air, broke off the rope. <sighs> my uncle's, who was videotaping with his wife, he's like my height, but like he was like a brick basin, turned white. 
Oh my gosh! And he didn't move. He's like, and all, and all he's saying is, "It was like, oh, I killed her boy." <laughs> As an uncle, that's the greatest fear. It's like hurting another. Like if it, if it were his son, he'd probably be like, "Oh, this sucks." But like, you're uh, someone else's kid. You're like, "Oh my god." Uh, yeah, I my mom was a, a an emergency room nurse when we were growing up, and there were two things we were never allowed to do. We were not allowed to get on trampolines, oh, and, shit. and we were never to ride on three or four wheelers. I and, mean, we made a career out of that. And she was oh, she, yeah. she was hesitant about letting us play basketball because she said that's the one that all the kids get hurt in. Dude, I got hurt like I had I had a bunch of concussions uh, playing football through you know junior high and high school and. Um, I never got hurt worse than playing basketball. Mm. I I have torn up both my mm. ankles to the point that they no longer sprain when I roll them. Wow, they just, they just they just snap and then go back and then it doesn't swell. It hurts for about that, five minutes and that's about that's it. That's what happened yesterday. Like my foot, I have I broke this one and that one. This the, my right one still needs screws put in it from sports. Jeez. So this one just it rolled on its own. And mom was like, hey, what happened? And I just played like, oh, I didn't have my shoe on all the way. I didn't want to tell her my feet did that. Yeah. Because I didn't want to freak her out. Yeah. yeah. Because my feet will just, they'll just do this. And uh, and then I was just like, oh, and to me, it's like, oh, it's no big deal. And then other people are like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. You guys are like real men. Like you have injuries and like did things as kids. Like <laughs> I once sprained my wrist reading a book in the library. Like, well, this wrist has been reconstructed. <laughs> Jeez. And don't ever have a wrist injury because when I went to the doctor, um, very pretty doctor at a, a St. Francis. I can't remember her name. Beautiful doctor. And I'm sitting there and she sits down. She's like, well, what happened? She's like, well, what'd you do with the wrist? And I was like, I didn't fall in the shower. Ha ha. And she's like, oh, I was so nervous because everybody that around me at the time was like, what'd you do? Fall in the shower, beating off. And I was just <laughs> like, and, that, and I, I tried to explain to them what I did. And they're like, if they didn't play sports, like, why are you so weird? Because I swung a softball bat like this. So it, oh, so yeah. it locked fingers. Yeah, locked fingers. So you get that whip, and then it just tore my all the way up to my elbow. Oh. And I have such a high pain tolerance. I kept waking up with my hand numb, and I thought it was just a fat ass laying on. I was like, oh, I'm just fat laying right. on. Right. And then I went there, and she said, yeah, your whole arm. Like, how is you still working? I was like, I had to go to work. I was like, I couldn't take off because my hand was numb. <laughs> yeah. so, she, she, so they shot a quarter zone in it, and then... Uh, like the uh, what, the second that you couldn't beat off wouldn't you go to the doctor well i'm a switch hitter oh okay all right this is well, for the mouse i right. did I, i'm a, i'm a lefty and i broke my uh Oof. my left wrist in the eighth grade on the back of a four-wheeler all right and we hit a we hit a drainage ditch in a field doing about 50 mile an hour and i was holding on to the back <laughs> the and, it fuck? Fucking, and it dropped down Oof. and uh my my broke both bones in my wrist and set my hand up on top of my other one and then uh, we rode two miles home, and <laughs> and uh, that was it. Was broke for six hours before it got reset. And that, because you know, if like so, you'd have your gravel road, and then you'd have your cornfield right here. Yeah, and that's was the greatest place to hit your sled. Oh yeah. So you go like twenty, thirty feet in the air and you just jump <laughs> off, and you're like ah, and not realizing those corn socks are like yeah, 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 and you land on them spears. Cut, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. You get up like oh my ass hurts. And then now I go back and I think my kids did. I'm like, no, no, because you don't want to walk like me. Because like I said, uh, in between me and him, we've probably, I don't know, broke like I broke a lot of bones, a lot of bones, Four, I, 15 concussions. I've, between I've, us. I've, I've came to the point where it's like I don't want to overprotect my kids, but I, I still, you know, I, I do want them to get hurt. You know, I mean, you know, a little bit. Right. You know, I mean, I felt like it toughens you up somewhat, you know. 
And I mean, maybe not. They're girls. I don't know. Maybe they will be. I don't know. But it's like I'm 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 to the point now where they're starting to get a little crazy. Uh, mainly my youngest, which is five. Uh, my oldest, which is seven, is not really has never really been that crazy. But now that my youngest is, the oldest one's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's let's try to do a front flip off the bed. <laughs> and so I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Put the mattress on the floor if you're going to do that. Yeah. Because this is what can happen. Because I about broke my neck doing a headstand once. Oh, yeah. Well, growing up, my you saw know, a stripper do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. She did break her neck. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. That, that video was, yeah, was sent that to was, us. No, no, no. Back to your children. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, so so I, I'm to the point now where because of maybe something that my my dad always did. Where he was always like, uh, uh, he's like, ah, you know, don't uh, don't get hurt, you know. I mean, he never he never like explained like, okay, well, if you do hit that big ass ramp right, on a right. snowboard, he wasn't uh, helpful. Here's here's what can happen: <laughs> yeah. you can snap your neck, you can break your fucking arm, which happened, and you know. So it's like the other night, my my youngest was sitting on the edge of the couch. And she's playing basketball. She was like, "What?" She was, "I think I can dribble off here." And I was like, "You can't dribble on the fucking floor." <laughs> I was like, "What makes you think you're going to be dribbling off sitting on the side of the, of the thing?" And so she did it once, and then she slid off. And I was like, "What just happened?" She was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "You just slid off." I was like, "Now imagine if that ball is right below you, and your foot hits it, and your feet go out from underneath you." I was like, "You could break your neck, you could crack your skull." And like, I went yeah. on this thing, and I was like, "That's what could happen." Yeah, it probably won't, but that's what could happen. And you know, so I'm to the point now where. Instead of because the one time my dad looked at me in all seriousness, he said, "Just be careful." The one time, yeah, it was in 2007. I was in a big air uh, snowboarding contest, and I broke my fucking radius bone in my arm because I came up short on a jump, and I fucking you know I was like, "Don't put your arms out, you're gonna break your wrist." So I tucked them bitches right up underneath me and the fall from fucking 25 feet in the air onto a flat surface, the weight snapped my fucking arm. Jeez. And so after that, I was like, you told me to be, I said, you never tell me to be careful. Why the fuck did you tell me to be careful? <laughs> tell me how not to get hurt. Exactly. And so, and so that's always hung with me. So now, you know, anytime my kids are doing something, I'm like, look, I, you can jump off that, but if you land like this, you're going to break your leg. You know, so I, I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, I guess it's. I don't know. It's progression. I guess. I mean, I I did break my big toe walking downstairs once, so I get it. <laughs> my uh, true story. My little toe. I was so fat, I broke my toe walking downstairs. Uh, my little. I, what, did you hit it on something? I just like I, I like it went down and I hit it wrong and I went oh, straight down pile drive oh, it back. God, and it went crack. Yeah, it so was that's bad. when I grossed my kids out because my oh. my little toe on my left foot, I can take the little toe and take it all the way over to the because it's been broke so much so when they were little i just do it in front of them and they just run out uh, of the room i broke a rib in football and i don't know if you guys have broken ribs but yeah. whatever you've broken that is the most painful there can't be anything worse than a rib because it hurts to breathe my freshman year of basketball we we're playing in columbus east or whatever i took a charge and then i felt it and oh. then i felt the rib in my lung and i was like <laughs> And then I didn't tell the coach. And then, like, and during the same play is when my head bounced off the hardwood floor. I saw a flash. I felt like my eyes were going to pop out. And at halftime, they're walk we're supposed to be walking the locker room. I'm walking the wrong one. And at the halftime speech, like, I really need you to be a leader out there to me. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and, I, 
but yeah broken rib didn't want to say anything because i didn't want to let my coach down and then my head is spinning hurting oh yeah but you didn't say anything because you didn't want to be like oh you're fine yeah i don't think there will ever be a time in history as dumb as 1990s and 2000s because you had technology and you had all these things like three wheelers, but you didn't have like social media pointing out how dangerous all this stuff is. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, you had America's Funniest Home Videos, Jackass, and Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Like, we did some really stupid wrestling shit. Oh, yeah. When we were in high school. Oh, yeah. yeah. Could have broke necks. Uh, I did, oh. I did oh, yeah. um, my senior year, uh, Rip Rogers, who's from Seymour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I <laughs> grew up around him and stuff, so he let us do matches. So like we, and uh, so we we would script out matches, and I just remember my brother getting a hurricanrana from Vogel, this kid named Matt Vogel, and then Craig's neck. Oh my god! I was like, oh fuck! He just snapped his neck. Like ECW, and you had Mankind, and the I got hit cage by, matches. Uh, Dan, and, yeah. you know Dan Severn? I uh, know the name. Yeah, he's uh, one of the original Ultimate Fighters, right? So we saw, had him sign this metal sign that said "Head and Parking Only," right? Uh. It's from Delaware. And so I, I told my buddy, I was like, hey, when you hit me, make this look real, but just make sure. So we practiced a few times. He, the moment he hit me so hard, just saw the flash, eyes pop out. <laughs> and, I, 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 and I'm on the apron going, oh, shit, what am I supposed to do next? And I scripted the whole thing. I, I did the whole match. I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do next. So I, I almost missed the finish. Jeez. So, so I got in here, we finished or whatever. And then, so I did like three uh, pro wrestling matches, and it was by far the most physically exhausting thing I've ever did. And I've been through two, three days, and all kinds of stuff. But we did it, boxing, boxing, boxing training was just. There's nothing as physical as boxing training and boxing oh, in general. It's it just I was never in better shape than I was in high school, and we would do it. And I, I you know, talked a big game, and it was like. Josh is going down. There's going to be two hits in this fight. One, me hitting him and him <laughs> hitting the ground. First yeah. punch right to my face. The first time I'd ever felt somebody hit me and I went down like bricks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just, wow. That's an ex- Like, you have to, I think you have to get punched in the face a couple times as a kid because then you don't talk as much shit because you know that hurts. Yeah. You know yeah. that's not going to feel good if you're an adult and it's a bigger man than a, oh, yeah. a child, you know? You talk shit. You, you talk enough shit. Somebody going to hit you in the face and you're going to go, oh. There's cost to it. That hurts. Yeah, it's yeah. not theoretical. No. Uh-uh. Was that the first time you got hit in the face? Uh, I got punched. I was Some girl was mouthing off to my little sister at the softball field. And I walk, I stepped in between them, and she started mouthing off to me, and so I started fighting back, and she hauls off and punches me so hard, <laughs> I fall back on my on my butt. And this girl who I thought she had a crush on me, but she probably had a crush on my sister, jumps on this girl based on Instagram now, starts wailing in this girl's face and just beating the hell out of this girl. And I, I like I did before I like I'm on the ground. I'm a, I was probably ten. I'm just laying there going. That really hurt, and that was a girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so when we got then when we got to high school, you know that was the first time I got hit hard. It was just shocking the first time, and then that was when Josh hit me hard. He was a big dude, and yeah, that's the only time, the only other time I've ever been punched in the do face. Do you remember the t- first time you got punched in the face? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. What happened? Uh, what was her name? <laughs> Please make it a girl so I don't sound so weak. <laughs> Uh, he was a, a black dude named Damien. Oh, you got to punk me out like that. Really? <laughs> from from, a, from a, a school down south where I, where I grew up. Uh, I was at a uh, high school sectional basketball game. And we had been into it for like two years um, in sports. 
and we absolutely fucking hated each other. I mean, just I, I, I and I really don't even know. And I actually talked to this kid um, as uh, you know, as we got older. I ran into him after I was out of high school a couple of years, and I mean, I couldn't, you, we couldn't forget each other's face if we tried, right? And you know, so we started bullshitting, and neither one of us could remember why we hated each other <laughs> but no girl no nothing no 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 it was all over sports and i'm not kidding you from the time we were in the sixth grade until we graduated high school anytime we played that school it was a fucking war uh-huh. now those were the funnest games i've ever played in because it was it wasn't about the game it was about who the hell could whip the other person's ass right and and but in when we were in the eighth grade a bunch of kids from that were older than i was Talk me into fighting him downstairs at the Paoli basketball gym uh, in a bathroom. And he, I, I didn't know how to fight. I'd never been in a fight. And he came at me. He was like, you ready? And I was like, fuck, I guess. <laughs> I was like, is this what we do? Do we ask each other if we're ready to go? Shake hands. <laughs> yeah. And, like, okay. and uh, so he just came at me and smoked me about six times in the face. And it, it didn't hurt. It was weird. Like it was, your adrenaline was probably going. Yeah. yeah, and and so I was like, I was like, what the? I was like, all I could think was, I got to get this motherfucker off me real quick. And so I just picked my leg up and kicked him in the fucking stomach. <laughs> and uh, so he comes at me. I get him in a headlock, throw him on the ground, and then I let him get up. I didn't fucking know you just supposed to start pounding him. <laughs> and so he gets up, hits me about six times again. I fucking haul off and kick him. He falls back into the fucking sinks, and he's just standing there, just looking at me. And he's not doing anything. And I was like, you done? <laughs> what What are we doing? And he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, we're done. I was like, okay. And that was it. I was like. I, did your face hurt later? I don't, I don't remember. It probably did. I remember mine being just my jaw being sore, but well, not that much. Yeah, I think this dude hit me about 12 times. Right. So, I mean, it had, it had to have hurt a little bit. I remember at the time I was just like, I was like, is he hitting me? Like, what is he doing right now? I mean, it was it was almost like he just he wasn't very. I mean, we gotta think we were what thirteen year old kids. I mean, how strong was a fucking thirteen year old kid? No doubt. I mean, so I mean, it, I I want to say I did because I I remember waking up the next morning and my buddy's brother who was two grades three grades three grades older than we were calling me, which was weird, and said I picked up the phone and he goes, "How you gonna let him beat you like that?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" he goes i heard about your little fight i was like what do you mean he's like you let him get back up you let him get up off the ground but i remember when i was talking to him and i had the phone pressed up against my face and my fucking cheek was real sore but i couldn't i it actually just clicked with me just See, now that's, that my cheek was sore that's why i never really got in fights because i was good at the pr battle that's uh, that's where you you know in second grade we had playground wars and i was the general i mean it was it got it's like throwing rocks and just strategery all over the place uh-huh. and i was the head of of one of the sides and it got so bad a kid had to transfer <laughs> like because we made his life so miserable i just you know i always had more of the political mind so i was not not about the brute force i would outmaneuver you like it, in fifth grade in in i was in love with a girl and her name is jamie mooney and uh, our friend, our family always hung out, and this was this was my like first big crush, and uh, I decided to get up the courage to pedal my little bike over and give her a love note, and uh, I get back and I couldn't believe in the time it took me to ride back she hadn't called and said yes <laughs> I will be your girlfriend, 
And uh, so I call her and I go, so what do you think? And she goes, well, I'm dating Brad Patterson. Oh, uh, shit. And I was like, oh. Fuck that guy. Right. Brad Patterson <laughs> was the guy who the previous school year when I said, can I play soccer with you guys? He said no. And I sat down and cried. <laughs> and oh, so, shit. So wow. I had lost my first love to my mortal enemy, Brad oh, Patterson. Oh, damn it. And in fifth grade, I found out that Jamie and Brad were going to run for student council president. Oh, so shit. I decided to run for yeah, student council you president. Did. And in the debate, I promised everybody vending machines. <laughs> and when I walked off stage, Mrs. Bennett, rest in peace, she just passed away, loved Mrs. Bennett. She goes, you know you can't do that, right? And I go, I only care about winning. <laughs> in fifth grade. Yes. And she, she always took an interest in me after that because she was, she, she always, she was heartbroken. I became a libertarian because she was a Republican. Uh, and I ended up winning. And the picture in the yearbook is oh, is me on me in the middle, in between Brad and Jamie, who have a sour look on their face, and I'm fucking beating. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, so it was it was just uh, I, so I never got in. I was always sneaky about it. I guess. When was the last first time you got punched in the face? Uh, I think it's by my my brother. Really? If you, my brother, oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. My brother, that. my cousin. Me. Yeah. I mean, my my brother is. Two and a half years older than me, but we were only a grade apart. Um, somewhere along the way in public schools, he had an attitude problem, they said. <laughs> and so, like, it, I just remember just beating the living shit out of each other. Like, right. Getting thrown off bunk beds and just, like, wailing on each other. And then, <clears throat> as an adult, I think it was, um, I was parked downtown, and, the, and this kid ran up on me, and uh, and he just punched me in the face, you and. And like there's reasons behind it obviously and he hit me and i was just stunned and, I, and then like he hit me and then he kind of and i just grabbed his arm and he pulled away and i was like like that dude just punched me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i was expecting to be you know like like you said like you know you get hit and you're expecting like oh my god and i was just like he caught me like at the bottom of the chin or whatever and then he ran he hit me and ran he's a little bitch yeah, but <laughs> well, you were probably eight feet taller than he was. Were you uh, always a big kid? I, yes and no. But at that time, I was like six three, one eighty five. Though I wasn't like yeah, know. I'd run too. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> shit. You? Yeah, fuck yeah. And then uh, I've awoken the beast. It's like Japan. <laughs> Japan they're like, oh shit, but, man. But the dude next to me was six five, two hundred sixty seventy pounds, starting center for Franklin College football. <laughs> So, because it was my thing was we'd have to graduated, right? We, yeah. it, we were still like nineteen or whatever, but he was going to be the the starting center at you know Franklin College, and like I'm like, and he wanted to get out of the fucking car, and I'm like, you worried about me? This dude wants to hit somebody. <laughs> like, he's going to play college football because he likes the, he likes offensive linemen for God's sake. Yeah, and uh, and is one of my good buddies uh, passed in or whatever. But like, I just remember like why why would you? And I I think that's my mindset. It was like, why did you hit me? Like what's right, the, and I'm what always, does that solve? Yeah, I, that's why my mindset's always been like, wh where do we go from here? Like, it's one thing if you're if you're battling over over land to like see who gets to live there, maybe or something. Like, you're, you're gonna gain something from it, or if my wife's gonna die and I have to defeat you or something like that, right. I get it. But other than that, like, dude, I don't have that kind of energy. No, like huh. I'd rather make you laugh or something, you know? Or right, I'd uh, be friends. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I would just mock the shit out of people. And they would get so angry, and I'm just like, "Why do you want to fight for? 
Like, are you going to write a letter home to your parents, your mom? And be like, hey, I beat up somebody today at school. Now, there were some of these kids at the school I went to. I saw him beat up a kid so bad, the whole hallway was filled with blood. And I was like, never going to say anything to him. I might, even buy, I might even buy him a soda. You know? Dude, I, I, I saw, real quick before we finish up here, I, when I was in the, I was a sophomore in high school. And I saw one of the best beatdowns still to this day in my life. And this cute guy was a senior. Uh, the other kid was a junior. Junior was mouthing off. This kid always ran his mouth. Uh, kind of a popular kid. And he, he barked at this dude all the way from downstairs in our psych class, all the way upstairs. And I happened to get out. Uh, quite a bit earlier than them and they you know were barking back and forth each other downstairs and they finally made it upstairs and he made it halfway down this long ass hallway and the dude in front which was a defensive lineman for the school big dude turns around and just drops this kid right in the middle of the hallway and one punch knocks his ass out and blows his fucking lip up i mean it just i mean just the fucking I'm not kidding. They're just the kid's fucking lip just almost exploded and just fucking blood. Like everywhere. Kylie Jenner's. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I've seen that. The yeah. my best one. I know we're gonna get it was actually not not dudes because like women when they want to oh, fight they don't, they do not fuck oh, around dude. at all. Those have you we seen those hair, videos online? Yeah, we used to get uh, <laughs> girl fights. It, oh, we, dude, there's oh. no hair pulling in this one. So we were uh, seeing we used to do free physicals for sports, which was awesome. Um, except for it was kind of weird how they did it, but like, I'm just sitting there like, do, 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 you know, looking around like how oh, this line's long. And all of a sudden I just, I look and I'm like, Hmm, she's moving kind of fast at that girl. Uh, she's not slowing down. I think her name was genre Jackson, I think. And, uh, she just walked up to this girl and just bam, no hair pull and just blasted her. It just kept blasting her. Yeah. And uh, like wild swings, like girl fights in high school. It just was like. A oh yeah, Tasmanian devil. <laughs> it's like my little brother when he got yeah. mad at me at three, and he just started wailing. Like uh-huh. it's there's like all of a sudden they just lose their mind. Oh yeah, like men, there seems to be some calculation. Like I'm gonna bob <laughs> weave, but like it's just raw intensity. Oh, yeah. with girl fights, well, it's just swing and grab shit. Yeah. What's, <laughs> the, what, what's the old phrase? There, I can't remember what movie it's off of. Well, they'll break it up in like two seconds. <laughs> like we just you know. About oh, if there's if there's a crowd, you can hit them once. Somebody's yeah. gonna break it up pretty yeah. quick, and just you know tussle. Just uh-huh. a little bit. No, I just I don't know. I just don't need to show my male ego like that at all. Yeah. No, I don't know. Tired of your male privilege, to be honest. <laughs> nah, man. So, what's 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 your final words to everybody? Uh, well, I've said a lot here, probably more than I should have. But uh, oh no, it was great, man. Well, I appreciate that. It's been fun being here, and I'm tired I, of carrying the show. So thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a great motherfucker. <laughs> I'm a great guest because then you don't have to do anything. You're just like, what do you think about Go 30 minutes later? Hey, man, uh, we love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, check out We Are Libertarians, wearelibertarians.com. We're on literally everything. We got videos on YouTube. We got podcasts everywhere they're sold. Uh, so check us out, please. Uh, we just hit our two millionth download damn uh, nice this week nice so we are after the seven and a half years just hit two and a half million or two million i'm sorry um so we're doing something right so check that out and uh yeah just be nice to people i mean read a book and don't 
don't pop off <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's awesome man now we appreciate you coming on man this and is, it's uh, okay yeah it's okay to reach out to people and say you want to come on the show talk about it and then yeah even if your views are not everything's just the same or whatever but feel, feel free to follow me on social if you have questions hit me up but no, a lot of your views are very similar to ours yeah and then that's where you know and and that's why i want to have you on because I, I really want to have you break down what you, a lot of your theories were and, and your philosophies and how you felt and loves the same way that we felt and and it's just you know that's kind of like the like-minded people and but we can have even if i didn't we've had people and i do not agree with at all but still though i don't you know yell and scream at them like hey you're a fucking idiot the bottom line is people just want to be left alone they just want to live their lives and they want more of their money and they want to be left alone like and they you're never you're never going to like i'm a pro-life person but there's never going you're never going to have prohibition on abortion that will erase all abortion if you are against drugs you're never going to get that to work like the problem at the end of the day is government force like government instead of private solutions creates this division that we have and so fundamentally i'm just about taking away that force not using the government to solve problems and then having us cooperate to solve problems and i don't think that's a very radical idea i just think that if we encourage people to work out their problems without using the government to solve them, we're going to be better off. And we see because we're seeing the problems as government grows, we're creating more problems. So I just don't think libertarian beliefs, I think most people are fairly libertarian once they actually start to look at it through that lens. You know, like it's not a set of issues. It's not like republicans or democrats where if you agree 60 percent with these sets of issues then you are this and it's it's starting with your principles and it's don't hit your sister don't take this their stuff don't lie to people like these are just foundational principles that we live in our daily lives and i just apply it to government and so that's not a radical notion but it, it, it's gotten to be a radical notion because we keep falling for liars and manipulators and so if we just stop doing that and start talking to each other it's gonna work out fine yeah no i agree man 100 well, percent. we gotta start a conversation that's right that's pretty much it and you gotta be able to have conversations with people you do not agree with yeah and, and not to, and not call them a fucking racist and you have to be able to reach out to them and talk to them you know what reach out to the bobs of the world that's what we're gonna call them from now on the bobs of the world bobs of the world you can't it's just unreasonable for me to sit here i i it, I can't sit across from you and change your entire belief system in an hour. No. You know, like it's taken me 10 years to change my belief systems and, and align it with libertarianism, like, and Christianity and other, it's a practice that you go through. And so you have to stop being frustrated that people aren't just agreeing with you. Like that's a, that's control. Like say you don't have to get it all resolved in that conversation like save it for another time it's like, like being married you know yeah <laughs> i've been with my wife since 1998 congratulations that's so, great and i know so uh, sorry yeah <laughs> so i know what it's like to not always agree and, and i'm not being funny on this one but like her beliefs are different than mine she wants yeah. to be cremated and like my family don't believe in this don't believe in that or whatever but we can talk about it compromise it, and do what's best for us instead of being like yo i'm out 20 years i found something we don't agree on we're out yeah unless she's sleeping with somebody else unless, unless you know, it's me unless it's no remember you know the rule if you sleep you got to pay half the bills i know it's i've me. already have them set in a, in a document form I'm i can't fucking afford, i can't afford mine i ain't paying yours exactly that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right well 
dude again thanks for coming in yeah happy appreciate to be here. it thanks. this is this was a good time man i love i love listening to you talk i loved you on yeah. jesus show yeah uh, it, it's good time love listening to yours uh but thanks for coming in uh don't forget you can check us out uh we're on social media uh it's at smug cash show on twitter uh we're on facebook uh obviously if you're on the live feed uh, facebook.com forward slash smugcast uh, instagrams at smugcast underscore uh, you got any emails anything you want to send us uh, shoot those to smugcast show at gmail.com um, oh uh, also uh, uh, shout out to uh, hemp bombs uh, you can go to their website hempbombs.com use promo code smug15 uh, get 15% off your order uh, also uh, ranger nutrition uh, you can go to their website, rangernutrition.com. Uh, use promo code SMUGCAST, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Uh, and as always, big shout-out to Repo Records. Uh, they help us out with the audio every time we fuck up and move studios. Yeah. And amongst a bunch of other shit, so love them. That's Repo Records taking the music back. Um, what are we going out to? Here real fast. Shout out to Southside Tire Service. Um, I got some tires from them. It's a, it's been a, he's been doing it for 35 years at that location, 15 years. This is he didn't pay me to do this. Just every now and then someone who takes care of me, I just give him a shout out. It is 4001 Carson Avenue. Uh, I'm giving him a call over there. The dude's an old school man. Like he just What's the phone number? Uh telephone number is 317-786-2614 and if you're looking for 225 uh 45R17 used tires, he's got them. <laughs> <laughs> Only one in Indianapolis that does have them. No, it's just good. It's a local business. I mean, he still smokes heaters in his business. Like it's just, <laughs> it's an old school place, man. We yeah. just start chopping it up and he's yeah. like, "Hey, what's your shirt?" And I was like, "Oh, Smugcast." He's like, "What is that?" He's like, it's a podcast. I go, it's a podcast. It's like, what radio station it's on? I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's the biggest question. I got a message today from a boomer. What is an RSS? I was like, I'm not. I'm out. No. It's, a venere- <laughs> it's a venereal disease. It's a venereal disease. We are going out to, uh, this is from R. Bizzle downstairs. R.B., our resident landlord. Uh, Sean Rowe. Uh, I picked, uh, he played this song, um, to leave something better behind, because I think that if you listen to this podcast and you make it this far to the end, it's something that we all really need to think about. What are we leaving behind when we go away? That's right. All right. Well, until next week, kids, stay Stay smug. smug. I cannot see, but I know you will But you can't lie to me with all these books that you sell I'm not trying to follow you to the end of the world I'm just trying to leave something behind Words have come from many mouths oh, But I can't help thinking that I've heard the wrong crowd When all the water is gone, my job will be too And I'm just trying to leave something behind Oh, money is free, but love costs more than our bread In the ceiling it's hard to reach On the future ahead, 
broken and red And I'm trying to leave something behind This whole world is a foreign land We swallow the moon But we don't know our own hands We're running with the case Oh, but we ain't got the gold And we're trying to leave something behind Oh, my friends, I believe we are at the wrong side And I cannot read what I did not write I've been to his house, oh, but the master is gone But I'd like to leave something behind There is a beast who's taking my brain You can put me to bed, but you can't feel my pain When the machine has taken the soul from the man It's time to leave something behind Our money is free, but love costs more than our bread And the ceiling is hard to reach All the future ahead is already dead I'm trying to live something